Hey, Foreplay listeners, you can find us every Tuesday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. For us, golf is simple. It's a chance to get out and have some fun with our friends. But inevitably, little things have a way of ruining it. The group ahead is taking forever. You can't find the fairway with a map. And the Bev cart is nowhere to be found. And the best way to make a bad day better is Fireball Whiskey. You get their nips, the little shooters. They are great. Makes a bad day way, way, way better. Make sure to grab the new Fireball Birdie Shot Club. It's literally a golf club filled with Fireball nips. Put it in your bag. It'll fit right in that side pocket. Drink Fireball nips and have a great time on the golf course. And then I talked to my neighbor for like the first time ever and I had no shirt on and he looked at me. He's like, dude, he goes, uh, this your place. <laughs> <laughs> like he goes, uh, what's up, man? He's like, uh, this your spot. <laughs> and I'm looking down I'm like covering my nipples. I'm like, um, hold on. Let me just go get, uh, let me go get my girl real quick because she'll talk to you. Like, I'm just like. Four plays are by Barstool Sports. We are back. It is the very beginning of the FedEx Cup playoffs this week there at the FedEx St. Jude in Memphis. We have on Mark Hubbard for the very first time. He's going to come on the second half of the show. Excellent interview. Really, really good dude. We never chatted with him before. He, like a week and a half ago, became pretty internet famous for going, as he called it, full Hideki with an ace where he dropped the club, hated it, looked away. Hole in one, 217 yard par three. Uh, he was getting shit from his playing partners. Wyndham Clark was a, is a buddy of his from Colorado was in there and said, I'm not high fiving you. Um, he was like begging for it to go in. So he'd be as embarrassed as possible. And of course it went in and we just went all over the place. He's very anti airline pilots making noise. <laughs> he was, he was great. I loved him. Yeah. Really cool vibe. Good energy. Um, cut from the same cloth as all the guys that we really like on tour where it's kind of just like, he just happens to be a really good golfer, but first and foremost, he's just a good guy that's like you'd grab a beer with. Um, definitely not your country club elitist type of personality. So really, really big fan of Mark Hubbard. Um, I think he's funny follow on Twitter too. I just kind of skimmed through all of his tweets and he's pretty opinionated and vocal on Twitter where he'll like be he'll be making jokes about the tour and live and like all this stuff. He's he's pretty legit, so he's a good what? follow. I'm gonna throw him a follow right now. I don't follow. Oh, yeah, me too. Homeless I gotta hubs. get. I gotta get more acclimated, acclimated, acclimated with his uh, with his Twitter account. I spent the entire uh, pretty much week at the Wyndham Championship, so I want to go through a couple notes from that. First, we got to discuss Shopify, which is the all-in-one commerce platform that runs, starts, grows your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. And look, it's hard to start a business. We kind of we basically did that within Barstool. It's very difficult. You're trying to work on connections, relationships, finances, trying to uh, progress, improve your product all at the same time. Stuff can slip through the cracks. You don't want any of that. Shopify offers online retailers a suite of services, as they call it, that includes payments, marketing, shipping, customer engagement tools, all kinds of good stuff that you're going to need. You can connect with your customers, drive sales, manage your day-to-day. Shopify instantly lets you accept all major payment methods. Shopify has thousands of integrations and third-party apps from on-demand printing to accounting to advanced chatbots and beyond. You can get overwhelmed trying to start your own business. Shopify is going to help you big time. Go to shopify.com slash four. That's all lowercase for a free 14-day trial. Get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features Grow your business with Shopify today. Again, that's shopify.com slash four right now. Go to shopify.com slash four. You're going to get yourself a free 14-day trial. Um, all right. I want to talk Wyndham Championship real quick. Uh, obviously, I was there uh, throughout the week. 
I spoke about it on the on Thursday show last week a little bit, but just how cool it is to be in a at a at a sort of an average sort of a um, week to week type PGA Tour event. This one in Greensboro, um, every single person that you meet just like thanks you for being there. I think all the big swinging dicks from Wyndham made sure to go out of their way to like introduce themselves and just say thanks, sending follow up notes. Every person in the town takes off at least a few hours on Thursday or Friday to get out to the course and check it out. They're very proud of their past champions. They're very curious what you think about the course, about the town. They just absolutely are obsessed with you being there. And that's such a cool vibe. Um, so again, I just wanted to shout that out, like the passion and the energy and the commitment that goes into the tournament and making sure it goes off as best as possible from like thousands of people that live and work there is unprecedented there's these volunteers out there man it's like a hundred fucking degrees with you know two thousand percent humidity and these volunteers are out there with like their southern hospitality and twang just like thanking you for coming as you walk across and they just hold the ropes for you and you're like how are you not dead out here (laughs) um so all of those people committing that hard my man james who i posted a picture he had the best tiger Woods shirt i've ever seen it's just a t-shirt with a giant image of Tiger Woods reading a putt on it. And I saw a few people kind of respond to that. They picked up that t-shirt too. Um, but my guy, James, who just, he's just one of those guys that does everything. He's kind of reminded me of like spider where he just literally does everything with a smile on his face. He does like corporate hospitality. So he sells a lot of the, does a lot of the sales and he goes and like does client maintenance with the people that are there, checks them out, makes sure they're having a good time. And then he also like drives me around and then he goes and gets kids. His like, parking passes and then at one point picks me up in a golf cart and he's like, yeah we got to swing by ricky's we like drive by ricky fowler's rental house he drops off like a bottle of wine as a gift on the front door he's just fucking everywhere um so my man james gentry shout out to him all week and then mark brazel who kind of runs the whole operation from a tournament perspective um absolute legend and these guys are they're up at like 4 35 in the morning every day they're out to like one or two having beers like entertaining hanging with people so um just everything that went into the Wyndham it was a phenomenal phenomenal week I'm gonna do everything I can to get back <laughs> I don't there. know why I'm laughing because I know why I'm laughing that's a great story I love the Wyndham I yeah, mean I don't think Trent can, I don't think Trent can handle my water bottle yeah dude you got like a new water bottle that you keep sipping on you sip on you sip on it for like two minutes <laughs> and it's like I just it's a teat it's like you, a little it's got a little bit there. of a nipple on it and listen I love, you know, boobs are sick. And this yeah. is like a little bit of like a sucking on a nipple type of drink. If I can do that, if I can have that sensation and also hydrate, I'm going to pick that every time, brother. I, I just know that you made it very clear that you were like, I got a new water bottle. I'm going to be sip. You did this a Mark Hubbard interview and I started laughing and I just had to put it out of my mind. And then Riggs is talking about his awesome week at Wyndham, which I agree. Every, like, every time we've gone to an event like that, like I have gone to the John Deere, you guys can laugh whatever you want. But it's the same type of vibe. Volunteers out there working their asses off in the middle of the summer in the Midwest is no joke. And that they're just very appreciative of the attention that uh, a podcast like this can bring to an event like that. So it is cool to go to one of those and see that that type of that type of love. But then Frankie's fucking sipping on that goddamn water bottle and I couldn't stop laughing. And it's just like you got more subtle ways to enjoy a water bottle for sure. It's definitely one of the best ways. Suck, sucking on a nipple is for sure one of the better things we get to do on this planet. And if you get, like I said, if you get to hydrate while doing that activity, it's fun. So, um, but yeah, dude, the Wyndham's awesome. Uh, it looked awesome from all the pictures and the videos. And how did you end up playing in the pro am? I don't think we got an update on that. 
So, yeah, I want to talk about the Pro-Am. First of all, I'll say the, the Pro-Am, there's rounds of golf that we play that are kind of a slug, and then there's rounds of golf that are just phenomenal, and then there's rounds of golf in between. Pretty much any round of golf is going to be more enjoyable than almost anything else that you do. The old cliche is like a bad day on the course, better than a good day at work and all that. The Wyndham Pro-Am was probably uh, like at least tied for the most fun I've ever had on a golf course. Because, I mean, the so we've had Chris Lane on the show before, you know, uh, absolute superstar. His brother, Corey Lane, is the drummer in his band. They're twin brothers. So they're literally fucking identical from a DNA perspective, from everything. They're both musical. Um, they walked onto the tee. They're very similar golfers to us, I would say. Like, they can play really well. They love golf. They're obsessed with golf. And they were nervous as hell. So they step on the tee. And it was a shamble format, which for someone that was going through at the time, the state of my game was the best case scenario because my irons are fantastic. My short game and touch is pretty good. My driver can be off the planet. Well, shamble, the three of us tee off. We take the best drive of the three of us, and then we just play our ball in from there. And then Kiz plays his own ball. Um, Lahiri plays his own ball. So we played amazing. We were 11 under, I think. Um, I actually hit the ball damn good. I did have a few wild drives. My first drive on the first hole was like a foot inbounds, barely. Uh, I hit like a duck hook on like the fifth hole, almost killed some people. Um, but then I also on 18, like we took my drive, I piped it down there. So it was some good, it was some bad. I was probably 50-50 with the driver, but I hit a lot of the two irons because, I mean, you guys know how it is. You play from um, you play from pretty far up compared to yeah. the pros. You play from 64, 6,500 yards, whatever it is. And Corey Lane could absolutely smoke the golf ball. I mean, he could hit some outrageous drivers. So I would just hit my two iron out there, get us in play, and these guys would just let it rip um, on a lot of holes where I didn't feel like hitting driver. Long story short, like two or three holes in, the lane bros were like, man, we need a drink. We're like pretty nervous. So we had started having a couple beers. I had a couple fellas that live on the fifth hole who brought me some Trulies. They're like, Riggsy, looks like you need a couple cold Trulies. I did. So I had a couple Trulies out there. And we were just hanging. Kiz was in full Kiz mode. He was chirping. He was helping everybody. He was giving reads. Dewey's out there like making fun of Kiz, being like, he must like you guys because Kiz never does this. He always is just like, fuck this shit. <laughs> so yeah. Kiz was in like full Kiz mode. Um Good crowd. It's sort of in a neighborhood, like I explained, I think, again, on the last show. It is very much in the middle of the neighborhood. So a lot of people, locals, are out there. They're kind of on their back patio, and they're hooting and hollering. Um, and then with um, Anirban Lahiri, who we played with on the second nine, total beauty. Like, Kiz knows him pretty well. So Kiz walked to the 10th tee and did kind of a handoff. And then right off the gate, he was, like, chirping all of our tee shots. We were chirping Kiz back. So Lahiri kind of knew, knew the drill, and he was very into it. And he – you know, Kiz was like, Kiz was like, you know, he's, he's Indian or yeah, he's Indian. So he's got like the, uh, um, very, he, he speaks very kind of short. So Kiz is like, it's laugh out loud funny. Cause there's things he says, they come off as very directed and somebody would hit one. He'd be like, not good. <laughs> like it was, <laughs> it was so fucking funny how into it he was and he loved it. Um, and he played pretty well, made a couple big birdies that we needed. And we were kind of in the mix. We learned that like 15 under one it, we were seven under on the front, I think. And so going into the back, we were kind of right there. We birdied the 10th hole and we kind of stalled in the middle of the back nine. But overall, played pretty well, had an incredibly fun time. It's one of those, again, where the gifts that they give you are outrageous. I mean, they like they're pretty, they're tailor made sponsored. So obviously, I don't need one, but like you get to just hit this QR code afterwards on this thing they gave you and you just get to pick a brand new stealth driver and like build your own wow. stealth driver for everyone that played. 
Um, and then they're sponsored by Polo Ralph Lauren, which again is not one of ours, but I, I, they give you this other QR code you get in, you get like $500 worth of credit and you get to just scroll through a bunch of like sick options that they have and pick $500 worth of gear. And that was on top of other stuff that they give you. So, um, so yeah, they just treat people like Kings. The hospitality there is an enormous part of it. They had like the club Wyndham beach that I was at for a few different days. Um, and it's, you know, I was talking with the guys too, and my man James about how, how essential and how fun the hospitality angle of golf tournaments is that we never really realized before. And I thought like the first time we ever really got to notice it, because a lot of times we go to events, we're pretty, we're not there to just hang out, right? Like we're pretty, not stressed, but like we're trying to get shit. Like we paid money for flights and hotels and we're on the range. We got a credential and it's like, we're trying to somehow get and make it worth it for us to be there. We don't usually get to just chill. And one of the days that stuck out with Frankie and we were at Tory Pines with the full swing simulator guys is like that Saturday or whatever it was. And we just sat on the 17th hole in that hospitality tent for like six hours straight. And we just had some drinks, did like dollar bets on every group that came through. Like imagine if you go to an event and that's all you're doing for a couple of days, the entire time, that is as much fun as you can have, whether you're that into golf or not. Um, and so kind of getting to see the hospitality angle without a ton of stress about us trying to be there and get a bunch of stuff at the Wyndham. Um, you just realize like how, how much of a, a part of the professional game and the PGA tour and what they've built that part of it is. Um, and it's just a blast, like going to a tournament without really caring that much about capturing it or covering it or live tweeting it, where you're just chilling with your friends or your coworkers or whatever it is. Um, it's an underrated part of the whole scene and I got to experience it for a few days at the Wyndham and it was fucking excellent. Yeah. It's like watching a real sporting event when you get to do that. When we were at <laughs> right. Torrey Pines, I'm like, I feel like I'm at a baseball game. You're sitting in a seat, you got a beer, you got peanuts, you got a, you got a hot dog and you're just watching sport. And like, I never really get to do that with you guys. Like we're always just running around, like you're saying on one side of the ropes, on the other side of the ropes, we're in the media tents and all that stuff. So it is fun to just sit back and watch the best golfers in the world, just play the sport in a nice, comfortable setting. So it sounds like it was an amazing week though. It was, it was incredible. And then I want to also shout out, they just, they love Sung JM there. And the reason they love him is a couple of years ago, um, James was telling me like he got there, I guess he missed the cut the week before. And you know, these guys, they do everything to set everything up. So it's all the hotel rooms and the dinner reservations and the flight accommodations and making sure somebody has a car ready when they get to the airport and all this. Well, Sanjay, I guess missed the cut um, the week before he got in Saturday instead of coming in Monday. And so they just didn't have accommodations for him. And I guess he rolls deep. He had like 12 people with like his whole team and his, and they said he rolls in and his like agent calls and they're, they're trying to sort it out. And so James like meets up with them and he's expecting them to just be complete chaos. He ends up at like the, the wind suites, like whatever average hotel he like meets them there. Cause he's like, I think I can get a room. So he gets them like basically barely a room for the whole squad to fit. And I guess the second James walked in said, I think it was Sungjae's dad was just looking around and was like, this nice, this very nice. And so he said <laughs> for the rest of their time, like everywhere they go, they just stay at the wind suites. And he's like, no, no, we got you at like the, we got you in like the penthouse at like the grand over the sick resort. And he's like, no, no, this perfect. And so every time they go. <laughs> and then he said on Sunday, Sungjae finished like pretty early. I think he finished middle of the pack. So it was round was done and James was with like some hospitality folks having like drinks entertaining. And so he just didn't look at his phone for like an hour. And I guess Sanjay waited around for like an hour and a half after his round for his agent called James 
and waited and then to in person thank James for getting everything set up and got him like sign flag and all kinds of sign stuff. And he said, instead of taking off, he waited like an extra hour and a half just around the clubhouse until he could personally thank him. So long story short, this whole crew at the Wyndham that runs the tournament, Sung Jay is like their favorite guy in the world. And I guess his family's fucking awesome and they just love him to death. Wow. It's just different type of, yeah, he's just, that sounds like a guy that just really, really loves his life and like everything about it. He's just so like respectful and just a happy, happy go lucky guy. And I'm actually glad that he's, uh, that Elio is like the biggest Sun JM fan of all time, constantly yeah. gambling on him and betting for him for to have some success. So that's good that we've got that guy in our corner. Yeah. And he's, you know, and we, the story from whatever a year or two ago when he played like 35 events, he just plays nonstop. Like I think the guy just loves golf. He loves being out there. And again, apparently him and his whole squad are just as nice as can be and incredibly respectful. So thought I'd tell that little tale because they, I mean, I was getting texts Sunday morning from that crew that runs the tournament when Sung Jay was leading, being like, let's go. Like they're obsessed with that guy. Um, so good week for him. He didn't end up closing it out. Um, as Tom Kim went just nuts and, and shot a billion under and won the whole thing. But, um, but shout out to him. Uh, before we get deeper into it, we got a shout out to G4 as well. I actually got, I was just showing you guys, I got home. I don't think Frankie has seen these yet. I'm excited no. for his, his reaction. I guess this was the ghost limited edition drop last month. So I just got home. I'm three weeks late to this thing, but look at these. Whoa. Shoes, Frankie. I was wow. not expecting that. <laughs> I mean, he's, again, that these are kind of their. Special drops. I don't, you know, I'm going to have to put together a pretty, a pretty interesting outfit to pull these off, but I'm going to try. Um, and if you can't pull those off, we got the cross trainer. Oh yeah. Which yeah. we all love. We wear these a lot. We got our own that are behind me as well. Um, but these MGX. The most comfortable golf shoe ever. It's insane how comfortable they are. I wear them so much that I got like dirt dropping onto my laptop right now. Um, this is the MG4. Squared is that how we announce it? MG4 X2. Yeah, that's how Vinny Letary said it's a small two up there. You got to say squared. I'm assuming it's okay. squared. All right, that makes sense. The crossover design it takes you from tea time to happy hour. You can wear these puppies anywhere. They're breathable yet waterproof. The mesh material ensures all day comfort no matter what the weather throws at you. Premium grip on the links for you to sink into your swing. I believe you guys rocked these the entire Scotland trip, which that terrain is as rough and tough as it yeah. gets and it's it rains and you guys were obviously in elite form i had brand new gallivanters with me that we were also selling with the red bottoms and the bar stool insoles yep those are so good but i just something about being in scotland and like the really hard ground i was a little nervous about cracking those things open for the first time because we were walking so much like i've opened up gallivanters before and just worn them and i literally like, couldn't believe how comfortable they were but you're also like in a cart and like you can kind of ease into them it was a different beast in scotland so i had the mg4x pluses or squared mg4x plus squared yeah. Whatever the training, the sure, trainer shoes, definitely can't be it. But yeah, sure. <laughs> those things were unbelievable to be able to wear. It, how weird of a move is this? Um, I, I want to get your guys' opinion on. I wore those shoes yesterday to do some gardening in my backyard. Wow! I, I put golf shoes on. I like that. 
I think it's just kind of the same argument we've had with like why you wear those types of shoes to golf events as a spectator. Like it's the same exact terrain. Like I was walking through dirt and like turning on fucking sprinklers and and like planting new flowers and then watering them. So it was like muddy and like dirty. And like, I was just like, why wouldn't I just wear golf shoes? This is literally what you wear golf shoes for. Yeah. What other shoe would you have worn? Like another, just like sneaker that just would have gotten dirty. That I right. To, like, I, I think it makes the most sense to use the golf shoe. I guess you could wear like a boot, but I'm not strong enough. I can't. I already last podcast I talked about how I can't like procreate. Like if I if I had a, a, a lawn to mow, I wouldn't. I think I would probably wear the golf shoes. I wonder how many people mow their lawn with golf shoes on. Do you think it's a high percentage? No. Yeah. You do. You think it's a high percentage? I don't know high percentage, relatively high. I think, I think higher they probably than people wear sandals and shit. I just think if you're walking on the grass, it's fine. I think what I was doing was a lot of dirt work. Well, I think it's a good, yeah, I guess that's a good point. But, I, you know, the reason people wear golf shoes at golf tournaments is not because you're trying to act like you're a golfer, which is what Dave always trips people for and what Whitney trips people for. It's because why go buy a whole other pair of shoes to be walking outside, like hiking shoes or maybe you don't have them. Golf shoes are made to walk on outdoor golf-like terrain. So why wouldn't you wear those instead of ruining your good sneakers or whatever else you have? I guess the concern with wearing golf shoes when you're mowing the lawn is that you will ruin that pair of shoes. Like if you, I, I grew up mowing lawns all the time and you wear the same pair of shoe every time because they get green every single time. When you mow a lawn, it just, get, they get green. The whole bottom yeah. half at least gets entirely green. And you probably wouldn't want to do that with a new pair of golf shoes. If you have an old pair of golf shoes that you're only going to wear to mow your lawn, then you use those. But like if you don't want to take those new shoes, those yellow ones that you've got and mow a lawn with those. I'd say the percentage is extremely low of people that wear golf shoes. I think it's probably an old pair, a new balance or like, yeah. it's just, they have their shoes right. in the fucking garage or the shed. They pop them on or they wear like sandals and then they just take a shower or whatever. Should I not still, wear sandals. That's not safe. That's not safe. Okay. Sorry. I'm just picture. I don't mow my own lawn. We have a, uh, you know, we have a landscaper guy that comes. You've never mowed a lawn. Isn't that correct? That's correct. Wow. It feels never, like I've never fully you, mowed a lawn. I've pushed a lawnmower. That's nice. All right. All right. All right. I know. <laughs> whoa, I, I've whoa. cut a blade of grass. Where's I've this? never fully done a, a, a lawn. I, We're not coming for your family. You know, I could. I mean, my, you see my backyard. It's like it's very mowable. It's just a flat, nice piece of lo- large land that I could have a nice time out there. Do you think I, that's I've like a seen... box you need to check as like a as a man that like someday you need to mow you just need to mow your own lawn? I don't know, maybe. And I was also thinking about what I said last week about not being able to have like a child and all that stuff. And maybe I should dial that back. But like, also, it's like on my dad for not creating a man. You know, like my dad didn't create a man. So it's <laughs> like you know, what I mean, it's on him. He's the one that needed to be like checked. He created right. like a boy. He, you're you know just a mean? product of your environment. You're a he product created of your environment. a boy, you're... and that's also I got into another debate with someone the other day about the millennials and like how they ruin the world and how we're all like, it's all second place. There's like second place trophies and last places not like mean anything anymore. I was like, well, and I did the Brian Winhurst, Brian Winhurst. I said, well now who are the people that bought the trophies and like, who are the people and what was the generation that like put these things into action? Was it the children playing t-ball? Was it the three-year-olds that were running around in kindergarten getting like second place ribbons? Or was it the teachers? And was it like the 40-year-olds and like the people that were born in the 70s and the 60s? You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying? Like, yes. was it those people that legitimately fucked up that generation? 
I think yes. Like, like your generation's so soft, and all you need is like a computer and a fucking phone, and you're set at dinner, and all these kids have like, iPads. Did did like my niece walk into Apple and buy an iPad, and like, or did you hand her one because you couldn't handle like having a child like at the dinner table? You just handed her an iPad and watched, let her watch YouTube, like. Were you the one? Were you the product of like the environment that legitimately saw the easiness of technology? So yeah, it didn't go over well, like having arguments with like your family over that stuff. But it's like it's such a good point by me that like they're the ones that fucked it up. I I gotta tell you, I think that's a great point. I think you make a lot of sense, Frankie. There's a lot G4.com slash four, by the way. G4.com slash four to get ten percent off. Ten percent off your first pair, G4.com slash four. There's and a you, lot of boomers out there that are like your generation soft. It's like you're the ones that fucked everything up. But don't you think the that generation, the boomer generation, they were probably said the same thing about by their parents in the generation no. before? Oh, well, their parents were like war veterans and shit. I mean, like that was a little bit different, I think. Well, what he's saying is that it happens with every generation. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm not saying that the boomers were like our parents are pussies. I'm saying that the boomers' parents were like our kids are our generation, you know what I mean? The yeah, new generation yeah, yeah. And it's and it's like a tough line to walk too, because you want your children or the next generation after you to have a better life than you had. That's the goal for always. sure. It so just then, came down to like the like second place getting a first place trophy. It's like, well, at that point, like you guys set that precedent. That was mm-hmm. never like my generation's fault for legitimately setting the precedent that like you can't finish in second or last. Like we. We would have, if you would have just been a little bit harder on everyone, it would have just been the same that, that the way you grew up. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. No, I agree with that. It's also like if somebody, like there'll be a, um, a slight that you can throw at somebody. It's like, oh, they're like a typical rich kid. But that's actually a compliment to like their parents. Because it's like those people's parents did really well and were rich. So it's like, that's great. I always say that country club elitist kids and they're fucking dick bags. And I can picture the exact person that I'm talking about. A fucking cock. But like. Yeah, I mean, they just had, like, everything about their family line was super successful and, like, really, really, like, you're just envious about, like, how amazing of That's a life why, that like, is. <laughs> totally. I'm almost most impressed by somebody who is, like, a, a rich kid who's actually the man and, like, the nicest person and super kind. And then they also, you find out, they have every reason to be, like, a rich elitist asshole from the country club. I'm always like, well, that that's difficult to do right there. I mean, I have a shout-out for a guy like that. I mean, I think Francis Ellis is right there. I yeah. mean, we, he was on the Dave Porter totally. show. And Dave's like, aren't you, like, richer than, like, everyone at Barcelona? And he's like, well, like, my dad was super successful, but, like, I'm not taking any of that money. And I'm I have to work. Like, I'm... He's like, I value myself and my being based off of what I put into this world. And like, I'm only going to take out what I put in. I'm not, he doesn't like mooch or suck the teat off anything. He doesn't do that with Barcelona. He didn't do that with his parents. Like he is a fucking perfect example of a guy that has made it for himself and refuses to take the handouts. And I think that's pretty cool. Excellent appearance on Dave Portnoy's show. I was texting with Francis throughout the weekend. He's such a well-spoken man and i what i love about francis too is he wears his heart on his sleeve like he one of his big things was like you know negative negative feedback and everybody handles it differently when you become all of a sudden you know internet known and i love that that man just weared his heart on his sleeve and like he would just react to things very raw and real and you're right like he's harvard guy clearly family comes from money he's got like memberships and he's got and 
and yet he just works for every dollar. He started his own like tutoring company. He put himself out there, which is hard to do when you when a lot of people consider you pretty much set to like put yourself out there like Francis does on the yeah. comedy scene and standing up canceled by like fucking websites microphone. and shit for a bad yep. fucking yeah. article. It's like, and then he took and, that in stride, man. I texted him like, I'm pretty sure that you're at where you're at now with Barcelona relationships and Dave because you just handled it legitimately perfectly. Like yep. he could have went on like a wrath of like, why'd you do this? Why'd you fire me? Why? Like he just fucking stayed quiet, kept his head down, did all this comedy stuff. I mean, we're gargling his like red haired ball sack right now. Francis. But like, I, I think he deserves it. Yeah. It's no, an th- absolute fucking sausage sucking right now. <laughs> like we are just full on Francis dick right now, but it is but it, what it is. And like, it sounds like, we, like I texted him after the parents too, being like, that was amazing. Like hopefully something gets worked out and you get, get brought back into the fold because he did say during the day porno show, like after the bar stool, once the firing happened, he was, he's an eat what you kill type of guy where you're doing the stand up thing, you're doing the podcast thing and you're just kind of trying to make your, make your own way. I think Francis is a perfect example of what we, we've just talked about. Big time. Yeah, I love Francis. I think he's going to come back. It's sounding like it. Um, and he should. He's a great, great dude. He's unbelievably talented. He's a huge golfer, too. So I was actually telling him, I was like, dude, we got to get involved. Even if it's something like a Breaking 90 episode that he jumps in or, or whatever it might sure. be. Because he actually, I mean, he was a big help in our launching days. Um, with When it was just myself and Trent. And we were trying to create the four-play brand. And he would script... A lot of uh, like whatever it is, this is foreplay or whatever the series was called, where we would do like 30 to 60 second little scripted scenes in the office that were kind of golf related. He would literally sit down with us and like write those and get no credit for those. And we would just perform in them and they did extremely well. There's some early episode of the podcast that starts with a Francis Ellis cold open where he tells a joke. I have no idea what episode it is. I don't even remember what the joke is, but he had told us a joke in the office. And we're like, that's great. Just pop in the studio, one of those old shitty studios. And we're like, just tell the joke and do a cold open. And that's how we're going to start the episode. Again, I don't know what episode it was. But yeah, he was, I mean, he was just in, he was involved with a lot of things early on when we were starting the podcast, for sure. I told told a joke uh, the other day. We had to do a mic check before Pup Punk. We can get into Pup Punk. I haven't seen Trent since Pup Punk. I heard he had a great time. I didn't see yeah. him in the crowd. I, it was so it honestly, it was fucking packed that I could not see anyone that I knew in the crowd. Like it was crazy. I had thirty-five people that I knew there from family and friends. I didn't see anyone until after the show. But uh, we did a sound check, and they're like, "Can we get the drummer's mic?" And I just told this joke. I don't know if it's like off color or anything, but like, I mean, oh. it's well, it's just like <laughs> Is it the one you told to me on the course the other day about the money. It, theoretical. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. I think you can tell that one. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good joke. So this guy told this joke at a foundation the other day, a foundation golf outing, um, and someone told it to me, and I, I've been thinking about it every time, every, ever since. So this kid goes to his dad, and he goes, Dad, I want to know the difference between theoretically and realistically. Maybe you heard it at school or something. He goes, can you teach me the difference? So the dad goes, okay, son, I want you to go upstairs and ask your mom, would you sleep with a homeless man for $500,000? So the kid marches upstairs, goes to his mom and says, mom, would you sleep with a homeless man for $500,000? And she thinks about it. She says, yeah, I think I probably would. So he goes downstairs, tells the dad, hey, mom says that she would do it for $500,000. So he goes, all right, ask your sister the same thing. So he goes and goes downstairs, finds his sister, says, hey, would you sleep with a homeless man for $500,000? And the sister says, yeah, I'd probably do that. So he goes upstairs and goes, hey, uh, the sister said yes as well. So they both said yes. So the dad goes, okay, son. So theoretically... 
we're sitting on a million bucks. But realistically, we're living with two whores. <laughs> I, yeah. You know what I'm I, saying? I, it's just a fucking good joke, man. It's just a fucking gotcha. So I told this during the sound check and the place erupted, bro. Now I might be like, like exaggerating a little bit. But there was only four people there, but the sound guy like cackled. So yeah, it's a good joke. It's a bada bing. It's like, I think an Italian guy told it at a Clark Gillies uh, golf outing foundation or something like that. I think that's, that's a, a big, fine uh, joke. That's a big Todd Martin joke. I could see Todd Martin doing that. Todd one. Martin would fucking eat that joke up. He would eat that yeah. joke up with a fucking like a, a with a golden fork and knife. <laughs> yeah, he would love that one. That's right up his alley. Uh, what the hell are I'm, we talking about? Are I don't know. I friends? actually want to tell you guys. I think I I picked a um, where I'm going on my bachelor party. Have I told you guys this? No. Uh, Nashville. Yeah. Good choice. Really was, good choice. I, first, I was picking Miami, and every, all my friends sat me down. They're like, "You're not a Miami guy, man. You're like, nope. you're not, you're not like, you're not beach and sun, and like, you're not those types of clubs. They're like four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning. I, I'm live music. I'm rock and roll. I'm country. I'm hockey game. I'm like good golf in the country. You know what I mean? Like, that's. I think we can get a lot of things done in Nashville. I know it's like a popular spot. It's a little cliche at this point. Like everyone goes to Nashville, but also like you want to have bachelor a good time. parties are supposed to be cliche. That's right. like that's the time to be cliche. I never thought I'd do it there. Like I, I only been to Nashville twice at this point. I think, and like I only really experienced a strip for like one day. And I fucking loved it. Like walking down that main strip and every single bar had the windows open and it was back to back band, 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 band where like they had to have heard each other. That's how close they are, but they're still playing. Fucking awesome. That's a good choice. Well, I think I, I love some it. good are golf you- out there too. Yeah, what time? I'm sure with the connections, you'd be able to hook up some. some we know a lot of people in Nashville. It's like what um yeah. What time of year are you going to go? Like NHL after, season time? Yeah, I was thinking like after the Masters, like April-ish or something like that. So like probably yeah. catch a Predators like day game or something. I'll hit up our guy Duchesne, get a nice little spot. Um, so yeah, well, I think it's a pretty good – I think it's a good choice over – I think Miami I would have gotten lost in the sauce a little bit. Just like yeah. – I, I think I would have been like sunburnt and just like – I don't know. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. As a guy that doesn't like Florida, I couldn't agree more with that. I'm yeah. Nashville way over Miami. Um, Speaking of bands, real quick, Trent, just give me like your your what would you think about the show? Oh, I thought it was great. Yeah, I was in the I was in the back. Like there were a lot of the the Barcelona employees were in the back. There I couldn't I was not going to push my way up to the front because there were so many people there and it was just hot and sweaty and people were singing and I'm just kind of hanging back there with uh with our guy Justin Mancini and Spider oh, and like love all Mancini. Dude, he's he was he was he's the best. But so I was just hanging in the back. The show was it was great. I was at the original New York show when you guys were at Irving Plaza. That show was great. I was at uh, the Gramercy on Friday or Saturday night. You guys are like a legit band. Like I know that it's a joke that it's a satirical band. You guys are a cover band, although you do have some original songs. But when you guys get ripping. Like when Roan's on the mic and PFT's shredding and you're you got a drum solo and Robbie Fox is opening the fucking the concert with that bass line. Like you guys are legit musicians and it's a very, very fun show to go to. Like any friend group has gone to a cover band night and had the best night of their lives. Now you go to a cover band where it's these weird blog personalities that you follow on Twitter and Instagram 
and they know how to play these instruments. And it's just combine all that stuff. Everybody's singing along. It's just a really, really, really fun Saturday night. Dude, I appreciate that. But how good was Caroline when she fucking came out and blew the fucking roof off the place? She was amazing. I, I haven't, I don't know her very well. Neither She's do I. One of the new hires from the Barstool Idol cast of characters. And, you know, I, I've seen her around the office a little bit when we're in there doing interviews and stuff. But she got on the mic with the pop punk boys and just tore the place down she did what she did two songs she did two songs and we had i had just introduced myself to her i think for the first time during soundcheck we said hey like we heard that you can do some singing like you do a, you do it in your content she did that's how she got hired through barcelona Idol. she was doing like satirical songs and all this stuff and she, i think pft dm'd her and was like hey can you make it to soundcheck today like we'd love to see if you can sing like this taylor swift song and she showed up dude and sang the song and everyone was dead quiet when she was done. Even like the like the guys who worked at Gramercy looked at me. The guy who was doing the mics looked at me, took his headphones off, and goes, "What the fuck was that?" Like that that was like Gwen Stefani good. Like that wasn't I, just like have fun with your friends type. Of, that was Avril Lavigne and Haley Williams. Like that was a real belting out the top of your lungs, hitting the notes. The crowd was loud all night, but I do think. Her two songs got the biggest was as loud as as loud as it got that night. For sure. Frankie, let me can you run me through? I mean, I feel like your band the band is expanding. I uh you guys got you got a pretty good cast of characters now, right? Yeah, we've got Roan as the singer, and he's just the best stage he owns the stage. Yep. Like he just commands he's a performer, baby. He commands the crowd. If he tells you to jump, they jump. It's fucking awesome. He just looks cool up there and he sounds great. Um, we've got Robbie Fox on the bass, who is just an encyclopedia of music and the fact that he can just hear something and play it. He's the baseline. He is what makes the thing go. Like no one gives enough respect to the bass. Like he legitimately is the backbone of the band. Then you got PFT, the guitarist, who's just a superstar on the internet, going to have a million followers at some point soon. We were like going to make everyone just follow him so he could hit a million at one point. Um, and then he, he like got his start. I think in Austin, like trying to like make music a thing when he was younger, like he like had that dream of like joining a band and going to Austin and like doing it. And like that, like kind of fizzled out and then he did the blogging and all that. And now he's a superstar, but he has these roots in him that like, he always wanted to do this and he fucking takes advantage of it every single show. And he is such a good guitarist where he can go on these riffs and like, you can just jam. Like, I don't know, Trent, but my favorite part of pop punk shows are when we're about to end a song and me and PFT and Robbie will just jam for like a minute long where we're like, we just let PFT keep going. And like all it takes to end is just a head nod from him. And we know four more measures and I'm finishing it. Like we can go for as long as we want and we can fumble into the ending, but it's fucking awesome. And then we have Nick Hamilton, KFC radio producer. I made the, um, the initial request to have him in because I had heard that he played the guitar and made the piano, played the piano. And he's also an obsessive worker where he will not do something that isn't perfect. Like you could tell that with KFC radio. He's one of the best producers we have at Barstool. And I was like, if we give this guy a task, like learn these 22 songs, which we played 22 songs at Gramercy theater. It was an hour and 35 minutes set, which is not easy to fucking do like for Roan to remember all those fucking lyrics. Um, Nick Hamilton knows every single song we play. He's only fucking played with us like three times at this point. He's amazing. Background, keyboard. He's like a background guitar. And now we have Caroline, who's going to fucking join the band. 
she's going to make Roan better because like now she can sing the songs that Roan struggles on because he can't get these fucking some of these pop punk songs are ridiculously high pitched. You've got these guys that like, I don't know, that emo like 90s rock band. They had like the highest pitched voices of all time. So, yeah, it's amazing, dude. There was a um, there was a moment at the end. They came out for an encore um, and a couple guys in the band popped the tops. I saw you behind your kit refusing to pop the top. I was just I was the loudest I yelled all night. I was yelling at you to pop that top behind the kit. Bro, I had to wear a, a a flannel, like a fleece flannel thing that was so hot because I have the world's worst tan lines right now from going between Peter Millar and Unreal Golf shirts. They're different lengths. Yeah. So like I went to Shinnecock and wore the Unreal. It's tight. I look like uh, Martin Keimer where like, you know, sometimes it's just like that tight shirt around the fucking arm. You do look like Martin Keimer when you wear that. It's weird. So then I got a, I got a legitimate red line on my arm where the top is white and the bottom is red and my t-shirts don't cover it. They're above, they're above it. I've, I've fucked up the length. So then I like couldn't figure out how to do it because I knew we were going to be on camera for that one. So I'm like, I'm wearing long sleeves. And not only am I wearing long sleeves, I'm wearing thick long sleeves. And I was drenched. Every, you know how much I hate when people tell me, oh, aren't you hot in that? I kept, dude, I was cursing people. I'm like, why don't you fucking worry about your own fucking temperature? Wait, hold, I don't give hold a fuck. on. Hold on. Are you saying that the tan line on your arm is the reason you didn't pop the top? Oh my God, dude, if I popped that, oh, I would have, if I was tan throughout, regardless of my man titties and my belly and everything, I would have popped the top for sure. Behind I know, kid, but I'm, sure. I'm saying that it's because of the, of, of the titties that you didn't pop the top. No, it, it was, it was because I would look like I was wearing a t-shirt and it would have went internet viral. That's why. Amazing. No, I can't. I, yeah, what's I wrong? You're an entertainment. You're part of an entertainment group. We already did the thing. The night was successful. I didn't need an over-the-top. Look how disgusting Frankie was. Like, I, yeah. I didn't. It wasn't the whole band. So you weren't the only one. If you had been the only one, I would have been really disappointed. But it was PFT, Nick Hamilton. And Robbie. And Robbie popped the top. So Robbie's like- got the correct thin body to do it. Like, he doesn't have the man tits that are starting to get out of control. He's got just like a flat board. So... Yeah, no, it was um, it was a great night. My dad announced us for the encore. He got a pop. He got an Huge. absolute pop. He's also like a he's. A, I love him to death. Obviously, he's a problem at those things. Like he's in. He's on the stage filming us. We're like, Dad, like we got like six hundred people behind you. Get like he and he films in face like FaceTime mode. So like he'll hold, he'll hold the video camera. Like this in front of Roan's face, where you can he Roan has to see himself. You understand what I'm saying? He holds it away from him, and Roan's looking at himself. Like, yeah, it was I, a yeah time I to join. To, I thought, oh, fucking Lurch is here, by the oh, way. Hey, Lurch. Yeah. Lurch. Well, I joined. We're talking about Frankie's body, which is just uh, which it's is a, a true place. amazement. What yeah, if your just, dad popped yeah, the top? Fucking all horned up over back? there now. Would have been unbelievable if my dad popped the top, but I still wouldn't have done it. <laughs> would you I, have followed suit? You I can't, dude. It would have been a joke. So it would have been made, like I never would have lived that down. Like I have to get my skin right before I do that. <laughs> your dad I, have a better body than you. <laughs> he has a more proportionate body because he's just like <laughs> has a he has like a sixty year old's belly and like he can, he wears like a a big gold cross chain in between his like chest hair and he's tan as fuck so it's yeah. like yeah that dude just looks like a 60 year old fucking italian restaurant owner i look like an alien i legitimately look like an alien with with my son <laughs> I agree. My, with my skin situation going on right now my coloring 
I look like I I need to be hooked up to an IV and I need to be put in the hospital. Would you prefer your dad's body? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> He's got a huge belly. Like like it's a problem. Like we're like you have to walk. Like you have to stop. Like you have to walk. Like you have to get out and move. Um, I know you got everybody's busy. That that band is. I mean, it's everybody's sort of side gig. It's a fun thing you guys do. I think you guys should do more shows. Dude, we we practiced one time before that show that's insane caroline met us for the first time on stage two hours before we went out there for the real thing we played one time through one song and she ended up playing two songs on the fucking show it's yeah the and the only reason we're able to do that is because pft and robbie are so fucking talented that yeah. they can just you tell them hey we're trying to play what's my age again and they just know the sound of it and they just play it like there's no music being read there's no practicing it's just yeah i think i know the sound of that let's try it Bang, we how do that you night. think um how do you think your singing went over because earlier in the day uh you and i played golf and we played with big cat and handsome hank from pmt which was a great day um you were nervous great time. it was awesome um you were nervous that you, you were like oh my throat's getting a little scratchy and we were like it's all in your head because you do would you sing two or three songs i sang three songs yeah uh, wow i mean i don't know how, how do you think it went I, I was a little nervous about it i was drinking tea before some of the songs are like a little low for me, whatever. But I thought it's also really hard when you're there and like it's loud and you feel like you have to sing over the crowd and you don't realize that like the microphones are really loud and they're just going to project. Like, so you can kind of sing softer into the mic and sing better, but then you feel like you have to project into the crowd and you don't af- actually do that. But I don't know. What did you think? I-, I was pretty nervous about it. I thought you sounded great and you do have the benefit of. You guys do songs that people know. The so they crowd are, sings with me. Oh, they it's a chorus the whole show. I sing so, Wagon Wheel, Wonderwall, and uh Truly Madly Deeply, which is just the most wow. pub drinking songs that's of a, all time. That's a that's a I didn't know you had that one in your arsenal. Truly yeah. Madly Deeply. Oh yeah, we kinda do like the accent too. I'll be your dream, I'll be your wish <laughs> out. You know the one from the Premier League, like that all those fucking Englishmen. Um, I think yeah, like your voice didn't crack. I didn't hear anything. There was never no. a moment where people were like, Ugh. Yeah. So I think you sounded great. Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, um, yeah, it's a fucking joke of a band, but it's fucking fun. It's fun. Dude, at fun. the end of the day, like um, a band and a show is about entertainment. That's yeah. literally it. And you guys are insanely entertaining. 100%. Yeah, I, I want to do more, man. And like we get, it's, they're getting more people to show up to shows each time we do them. Like it's just it's it, it it's a really fun thing to do that I I want to just do a whole tour. But yeah, our travel's insane. Um, Lurch, you would have loved it. The uh, I was talking about before your man Sung J M at the Wyndham Championship with the behind the scenes crew and the tournament crew. They love him. Like I told a little story about kind of back in the day, and there was a little bit of an issue. He arrived early, and he had a whole crew with him. And they were like nervous that he's going to be upset and they're trying to get him. And they put him in like kind of a rinky dink hotel. And they said now he only stays in that hotel chain because he loves it so much. And he just was the nicest guy in the world and waited around for like hours after his final round to personally thank the guy that like put him in the hotel. <laughs> the guy's the best. I knew he was the best. I knew he was world class. It's great to hear a story like that. Yeah. Um, they fucking love him, man. Didn't win, but uh, yeah, that guy's the best. I mean, he's an elite talent. He's the top five best player in the world. 
Well, he, that kind of spins us right into uh, Tom Kim, this guy 20 years old who won. Um, we're going to be spinning over to Myrtle Beach. We'll talk about that first. We're going to be spinning over to Myrtle Beach at the beginning of next month, our first real trip there. We did like a little taste, a little touch. I know Lurch has been there before on some buddies' trips, but BarstoolMyrtleBeach.com, you get a free round of golf. That's right. All you have to do is request a no-obligation quote, and you will receive a free round on one of 21 different Myrtle Beach golf courses as options for you. Remember to check out the exclusive Barstool Brews Bucks package. While you are there, you can choose from Grand Dunes, which we've been to, five holes along the Intracoastal Waterway, Pauly's Plantation, a Jack Nicholas design with six holes that play along a tidal marsh. We'll be playing three courses you can book at BarstoolMyrtleBeach.com for our travel series, so that'll be all over the internet. TBC Myrtle Beach, uh, Pine Lakes Country Club, and Pauly's Plantation. What a name, Pauly's Plantation, by the way. I'm excited to check that one out if you are looking for great golf, great times, and great value. It all starts with Myrtle Beach Golf Trips. Check out the Barstool Brews uh, Bucks p- Golf Package, which includes three rounds, 21 sought-after courses. It's the golf capital of the world. they got over 70 golf courses there. Grand Strand Brewing. Um, you're going to get a $50 gift card to that puppy as well. So go check it out. Start planning your golf trip at BarstoolMyrtleBeach.com. Simple little uh, URL there. That's BarstoolMyrtleBeach.com. Maybe we'll see you there. You get a free round of golf while checking out the Barstool Brews Bucks package. Uh, so this guy, Tom Kim, 20 years old, uh, he would be either like a, I think they said like maybe a sophomore or junior in college, which is f- fucking outrageous to think about. I mean, I know Phil Mickelson is uh, pretty famous for being the most recent amateur to win on the PGA Tour when he was what, like a sophomore or junior um, at Arizona. And so for uh, Tom Kim to go out there and light it up, and shoot and and so he made a fucking quadruple bogey on his first hole of the entire tournament this is such a good lesson about golf so easy to get down on yourself and to just keep powering through made a quadruple bogey on his first hole he's four over par at a tournament where you know you're probably going to need to be somewhere between 15 and 20 under to win the damn thing and he ends up winning by five shots as a 20 year old for his uh maiden victory on the pga tour i saw that he is um God, oh, I think it was maybe Jason Sobel who tweeted this out. I can't remember exactly who, but said Tom Kim is the ninth PGA Tour winner from Korea. Um, says the LPGA has had nine since the start of 2020. Um, yeah. And just talking about how the uh, you know Korean golf and the women's game has obviously taken over and starting to uh, take over and really have a significant impact in a lot of their talent making it out on the um, PGA Tour. Um, but yeah, he apparently has a ton of character. I was talking with a couple different folks who were like, man, you guys got to get him on the show at some point because he's great. Um, but Tom Kim comes out, wins the damn thing by five shots after absolutely fucking dominating yesterday on Sunday. Crazy to have the belief that you think you can do it. I mean, like, if one of us shoots a quad on the first hole, I just think, like, well, now, like, 85, 90, 100s in the cards, like anything at this point. And so to believe that you can come back, shoot under par, and you finish with a 61 is just preposterous in terms of the turnaround of how good a golf game that is. Also, like, my way of thinking prior to meeting Dr. Brett McCabe would have been, I have to make four birdies just to eliminate that one quad, and, like, that's never happening today, so my day's over. So that would be – that's a really hard thing to overcome. Um, But, yeah, because, like, a a, a good mental thought person would be like, all right, like, I can make one birdie, and that turns into, like, a triple. I can make another one, and, like, we can kind of – a couple pars, and now that's, like, a bogey and a par. You know what I mean? So you can kind of move that around, or you can just forget about the quad and just keep moving on with your day, which is what he did. You don't have to start fucking doing math. Or you just play two two off the first tee, and then that quad just never exists because the next one you strike down the middle and make it easy (laughs) four. That's exactly what we would do. 
exactly <laughs> what we would do. Yeah, it's, um, it's good. Um, I'm happy for Tom Kim. Congratulations to him. I'm not super comfortable with someone being born in the 2000s starting to excel like that. Time is just slipping away, fellas. It's going it's going the wrong direction for guys like us. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, guys born in 2002. I know exactly what I was doing in 2002. Like, I have very clear memories. So it's like, I'm happy for him, but I'm also I feel like death's knocking on the door when I get when a guy big time, dude. It's big a time. problem. You're getting old as fuck, dude. I mean, he's super young, so it's not like this is the norm right now. He's born but when. What? He was born in 2002? Yeah. Yeah. I was nine. It also just eliminates, like, your ability to, like, if that guy's getting better at sports, I got to be on the other side that's just clearly getting worse at everything that I do athletically. Of course. You know, like. Every single thing. Right. If he's, if he's has the ability to compete at a high level, the highest of levels, win, then my age, born in 87, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be dead here soon. Like if you were at the age now where I don't play pickup basketball, but if I were to play pickup basketball, I would be liable to blow out a knee. That's the age I'm at. Dude, I played in a tennis member guest this weekend. We played like six different matches. I thought I was going to die seven different times. My whole left side of my back completely tightened up. I was had to use like the Theragun like seven times to loosen up my body. I mean, it was a complete mess. I Uh, – I stretch way more these days. I've started to stretch because if I don't, I feel horrible. What kind of stretches are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing the post-sport stretch. What kind of stretches are you doing? No, just simple. Well, like, why are you laughing? No, I'm just because I, I don't know. I didn't, wasn't going to get specific. But he, literally, it's not even. <laughs> get specific. Just, Go ahead. Downward dog. No, no. Are you doing yoga? No. I, I have, stretched you out I good. Been, yeah, I have been doing a little bit of yoga. That that feels good. But I'm not, when I say stretching, it's not even like specific stretches that you would find on the internet i just stretch my body i just stand and i stretch out maybe i try to touch the toes maybe i pick I don't know up if that counts you just st- you put your arms out like a baseball stretch you do the <laughs> arm across you're just oh, i don't know, know i did a podcast with the stretch police i didn't know i didn't know you guys <laughs> the fucking police it's a, i ripped you like apart a out stretch band and i had you ripping and stretching out there you just all you just kind of like you just kind of just like just you're just stretching the body. That's what stretching is. It doesn't have to be something you find on YouTube. Dude, I would argue what you're doing right there is not stretching. That's just like that's, that's living. I'm, you were like kind of flapping. <laughs> doing like of, the, he was know? doing like the, the wannabe Michael Phelps, but he couldn't get around right. his like arms. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, remember Michael Phelps that's, used to touch that's stretching. You you guys see you <laughs> that, guys, that is you, kind of stretching. That's kind of stretching. I agree with that. You guys get to think outside the box when it comes to stretching. It's it's literally just stretching parts of your body. It doesn't have to be, you know, I'm warming up for an NFL football game. I fucking twisted my <laughs> ankle last night walking to the ice cream social that my town was putting on two blocks away, dude. Two blocks away at the park. It's like it was the village night. They had a band and ice cream they were handing out. So we're like, oh, we're going to go walk. So we walk down the block. We make a left. And it's two blocks away, two blocks. And halfway through, I started limping. I'm like, ah, like something just wasn't working. I limped to go get this ice cream. <laughs> Legitimately, like they give me the soft serve. I just, I take my little napkin and I limp off. I'm like, that walk killed me. I mean, I, I'm now, I woke up this morning with a huge, huge ache in my ankle. And it just is what it is. Like that's, that's the life we're living now. It's bad. I don't, I, I, I've been thinking about it a lot. Like, in my early twenties, I could just like I could just take off and run. 
It's not yeah. even, I'm not even going anywhere. But if I just wanted to take off at a full sprint, that'd be fine. If I did that now, disaster. It'd be it, the wheels might actually come off. For the other night, I put on your highlight reel of uh, your football, your football the highlight best. reel, high school. Yeah. And, sh- and we were watching it, and like we couldn't believe that was Trent. Like when you now know Trent. <laughs> Like you can't believe he was in those scenarios to like chase down a running back and tackle him and pop up and like give like for me like watching you give people high fives made me laugh like you just in like that like you doing like athletic things made me laugh really hard like I couldn't believe that was you like no I was trying to picture like your face doing that and I couldn't like were you making noises like grunting like tackling guys like yeah like, i mean like saying shit to them like fuck yeah like sit down bitch like were you fucking like in it like that's crazy to me i don't know about that last part but i was okay. I, mean, I was a i was a high school football player i love that fuck. shit like i was just i love like ripping people's heads off and just tackling people and doing the whole deal i love that and i had like a, a little bit of athleticism that was nuts to watch is it on it's on youtube that's where i watch it right yeah it, it is yeah so yeah Dude, there's nothing more I've been like that a story I told like a month ago of like running from gate to gate and then getting there and Delta telling me like, yeah, sorry, we left early. You missed it. Like there's nothing more embarrassing. You get off that plane and I'm like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to sprint. And you make it like a third of the way there. And then I just, you just double over and st- you can barely Start to walk, see the stars. Like, oh, dude, it's so brutal. And you're like, dude, it's not that far. And I just can't, I literally couldn't move my body. I have a question. And like outside of, clearly diet and we could all drop at least 15 pounds a couple of us a lot speak for yourself no no, i'm just saying like that's the bar for us like if we all drop 15 pounds it'd be we'd be landfill over here could drop a fucking 50 (laughs) 150 for yourself i'm in perfect athletic (laughs) shit what's something we should be doing that's going to keep us like again outside of the normal stuff like running or elliptical or eating better like what's something that we could do that's going to keep us in better shape than just like buying a new water bottle that we think is going to change our lives. <laughs> uh, it's I think the number one thing is diet. <laughs> Dude, Trent just avoided everything that the doctor says that you have to do. I was gonna avoiding say, I like anything else on well, the table. Exercising, yeah. There's like what else do you? I mean, I don't know. I mean, like those are the two things. That's like what you something. have to do. I think. Let me tell you something. I tried those other things and I don't like them, so I want something to <laughs> do. <laughs> Dude, uh, you I gotta wonder, cut out wonder, like gluten and carbs, and like you just have to like. Eat nothing. There's gotta be like, a more fun. And do a version. little cardio. I think if you do Ugh. like ten minutes of cardio a day, Huge. you would go forever. Like you Hit would the Peloton. Dramatic. Just fucking. I gotta turn that thing on. Things got dust on it. Just gotta be a more fun version of these things that like. I'm just nothing, I'm, man. High school. When you're, nothing. A, when you're on a treadmill, it's like this is fucking stupid. Peloton, the most the world's most expensive fucking clothes hanger. It's just yeah. I gotta get that thing. I gotta get that thing moving. <laughs> Dude, I feel like it's that for so many people. My stepbrother, I was talking to him. He's like, I bought this thing. Don't even think about using it. <laughs> oh, we have it in its and own it's like, room. We have it in its own room with windows all around it. It's ready to be used. Fucking doesn't have not turned it on since we lived here. I would love to know the statistics on that. Like somebody buys one first month. People are ripping oh. through the Peloton. Oh. Second month. The, the usage of that thing just Dude, I had like a 10-day streak, and I got like a confetti came on my phone or something like that. I have not wrote, like, I have not ridden it since. 
<laughs> Dave made a funny video like two weeks ago where he was he was like walking up and down his driveway with yeah. five pound dumbbells or whatever. And then later that night, he made a golden hour just being like, working out is not for me. And I <laughs> could not agree more with that. Like, this is what I mean. Like when I played football, like we just practice was football and that was fun. And like, you're fucking people up and then you play and you end up being in the best shape of your life. Nowadays, they throw a treadmill out of you. They throw a stationary bike at you. And it's just like, this is not fun at all. So I don't want to do it. High school football was awesome. That's like maybe the best high school. There sport. are things that you can do like that. Like you can join the, like I play intramural hockey. Like, like yeah. that's like the greatest that workout that's of what all I was time. Say. Like, like Lurch doing tennis, do get, like yeah, playing tennis. That shit's amazing for you. Okay. Yeah. You never get to sweat doing anything other than stuff like that. Like go join a fucking basketball league. It'll what if you join like a flag football league or something, Trent? <laughs> All right. Now we're talking. These are the things that Dude, I'm Dude, that'd about. be great. You'd be amazing in flag football. Are you fucking kidding you me? Want to learn how to play tennis? We can go. We we have uh, tennis right here by our house. We can go fucking play tennis at the ball to each other. It's such a good workout. We just got to figure out some other way because – the, the boring ones, I'm just never, ever going to do consistently. Ever. For the birds, I, dude. We're I, not going to the, We're not gym people. Look at this. Look at this crew here. Are you fucking kidding me? I will say, I don't know if it's the case for UT, but I think the toughest thing for me is to, like, get the ball, like, get my motor moving. Like, yeah. the hardest part is to put on the Peloton cleats and, like, get on the bike and actually spin the thing around. But once you're doing it, you kind of get into it and you're like, I even revert back to being like, dude, I'm athletic. Like, I can run. I'm not pathetic. And then I try to like get more. Like I played tennis the other night with my buddy who's a far better athlete than I am. This kid, Stevie Bauer. And we finished with just suicide wind sprints at the end where there's like four courts in a row. Yeah. And we touched every line to close. And I thought at that point I was going to pass out and just die because stopping and starting. And in hockey, it was the same way wearing goalie pads, especially and having to stop and start. But like when you're jogging, you kind of get in the like you're it's almost like running downhill, especially when you're fat and you like lean over your feet. It's like you almost just have to play catch up. But actually stopping on a line, bending over and touching it, it's a really good workout. But like I think the hardest part, like you and Frankie should go play tennis at the end. If you're kind of like feeling that mojo and you're like, dude, I'm kind of digging this sweat, just finish it with a suicide, dude. It does feel good at the end of the day when you're done. You're like, I'm all I did right. that yesterday. I was doing yard work. I planted four flowers and all these like hibiscus bullshit. And I was fucking exhausted, digging in the ground, raking. Right. At the end, bro, I felt the juice. I pumped out like 35 push-ups. Let's go. Yes. Yeah. I was just like, I was thinking my, my muscles are already like ripped or whatever, torn because I'm, I've lifted a million heavy things today that they're already like, they need one last push to actually have like. Because I don't think doing yard work is enough of a workout to like do anything, but I think what no. I did at the very end Counts. did something. Yeah, did something. I agree with that. And then I talked to my neighbor for like the first time ever, and I had no shirt on, <laughs> and he looked at me. He's like, "Dude, he goes, uh, this your place?" <laughs> <laughs> like he goes. Uh, What's up, man? He's like, uh, this your spot? <laughs> and I'm looking down. I'm like covering my nipples. I'm like, um, hold on. Let me just go get. Uh, let me go get my girl real quick because she'll talk to you. Like I'm just like, oh. I don't. I can't have like a man to man neighbor conversation right now. I'm exposed. Like my belly's out. That's I was. So he, good. And then at the end, he goes. Uh, he goes. Yeah, it might rain out here, so you can get out of the sun for a little bit because he saw how fucking sunburnt my arms were. <laughs> God, it was a bad interaction. Burying you, dude. It was a bad interaction, but he's a very nice guy. It's nice to finally meet like my neighbor. Been here forever. 
Wow. Uh, all right. The opposite of all this is uh, watching TV, which we're going to do plenty of. Uh, I'm sure, you know, Lurch after that workout probably had like 32 bagels and then it's just going to sit in his ass for the next week and that whole workout's going to be lost, which is why we all look the way that we look. Right. Sling TV has something for everyone, all your favorite shows and your favorite channels, all right at your fingertips. What you watch is up to you. It really just depends on what kind of mood you are in. We got footballs coming back pretty soon. We were talking a little hockey uh, with Mark Hubbard coming up. We talk a lot of hockey, NHL season, NBA, all that's coming around, college football. Everything's going to be back very soon. Sling has reality TV. Trent Ryan's very into reality TV. A lot of people are, so you can keep up with the latest gossip. Today's hottest shows on channels like TLC, Bravo, MTV, and more. You stay up to date with today's most trusted sources. If you're a news person, MSNBC, CNN, Fox, Feeling adventurous, explore thousands of movies and shows on demand. The point is, Sling has it all. Getting Sling is incredibly easy. You sign up and start watching in just five minutes. You can stream on any device and record up to 50 hours with included DVR space. Best part is you can pause or customize your subscription at any time. Check out sling.com slash barstool for special offers. Sling, the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try us today. Sling.com slash barstool. Sling's been huge for me on the road when you're just stuck in an airport or wherever you are. If you want to catch something, fire up the iPad, the laptop, even on your phone. You just go to Sling app. Bang, it's up there. And you can literally watch anything. I watch golf coverage like that. It's just awesome. So, Or if you're um, playing so yeah. golf on a Sunday, you just load it right up and you got the PGA going while you're playing golf. It's an awesome experience. Yeah, sling.com slash barstool for special offers. Check it out. Uh, last couple of things I want to do uh, uh, touch on. Um, the AIG Women's Open uh, over at Mirfield yesterday. Watched the finish. Um, Ashley uh, Buhai, who's South African, won. Incredibly emotional. Her husband, I think it was her husband. Um, they kept showing him on TV. He was making me laugh out loud how fired up and into it he was. Uh, but I think it was a four-hole playoff um, that her and Inji Chun had. Uh, just like as, as really as good as it gets, as high pressure as it gets, there were some huge putts made. Um, Buhai actually like kind of was choking it away all day, just didn't have her best stuff. She teed off with a pretty good lead. I think she shot like 75, made like a four, five, six foot or whatever it was in the 72nd hole to get into the playoff. I always find that impressive. Like we were just talking about, um, Tom Kim, you know, starting with a quad and then coming back and winning by five. I always find like when you're struggling, somebody's struggling all day and the momentum's not in their favor. It feels like them coming down the stretch, going into a playoff, like they're just going to lose. That person never wins. Um, and she somehow battled it out, played damn well in the playoff, hit a lot of good shots. It was getting colder and colder and the 18th holes, like 430 yards, hard hole bunkers left and right. Um, she hit the fairway every fucking time, um, hit a bunch of good shots and then ultimately had a sick up and down, uh, on the fourth again. I think it was the fourth playoff hole, a bunker shot. That's just like in that range that none of us have, like none of us have. She's like in that kind of weird circular bunker they have on like the far away part of it. So you got to go over another part of the bunker and then the pins on the far side of the green up over a knob. Somebody had a great response to kind of my tweet about it. That was like this, this shot always for me begins with like heads up over there <laughs> and you're trying to take like this full swing. You don't know if maybe you should use like a gap wedge or something. Cause it's that far of a shot and she hit it to like six inches um, to win the goddamn thing. So just an iconic shot from her fun to watch down the stretch. So shout out to her winning the AIG uh, women's open. Muirfield iconic. It's crazy. that Muirfield, just, baby. Golf is still just being played over there. You know what I mean? Like I, we left I there so long ago and like iconic golf is still just being played over there. It's such a great spot for the game of golf. It's insane to be able to watch all that on TV and see just how cool those courses are. It's amazing. I just fucking love it. And like, I'm like, I feel like a, 
piece of me, uh, Scotland will always be with me. Like it's like uh, it's like I'm always wearing the belt now, the Carnoustie belt, and I have all the the little um, ball markers. Like it just made such an impact on on me that like I didn't think it would going in. Like I had expectations that it would, but it really. Like I talk about it every day, with, and people ask me about it every day. It's like it's that you've done the trip. pilgrimage, you know. It's yeah. like you've done the pilgrimage. No, yeah. my um, cool. my scorecard holder is from Carnoustie. I look at right. that thing, and I'm like, that's Shit. just like part of it. Like we did, it's like a rite of passage as guys who've been golfing forever. Like, yeah, we went to the spot, we went right. there, played a bunch of golf. It's pretty. What's crazy is we got to go back and play the other spot. Like, we, there's like I'd love to True oh, and St Andrews and Muirfield, like hundreds uh, of other places. Fucking dude. so um, good. The golf what's that over place there. that where the Renaissance? I hate the way they say that. The Renaissance. I um I stayed so I stayed. I went to a wedding in Toledo over the weekend. Um, Abby, That's where I'm at Abby right works. Now. I'm in, You're Toledo. in Toledo. Holy Toledo. I'm in Toledo. <laughs> Dude, so holy Toledo. I went to uh, Abby Liebendahl. She, uh, USGA, used to work for uh, Imperial and uh, Titleist. She does for the ladies. She's awesome. So a lot of people in the golf world probably know Abby. Um, and her husband, Brendan, um, they actually live in Pinehurst now. He works for Titleist. They're fucking awesome. Two of my favorite people. But anyways, went to a wedding in Toledo. Great time. It was at Inverness where the Solheim Cup was last year. Tons of history. Um, Scott Jeremy's showing me around the entire spot, giving me tour. Just insane history that they have there. Uh, but anyways, the hotel that was kind of the hotel blocked off wedding was the Renaissance. And I checked in and was like, oh, yeah, I'm here for the Renaissance. And I just like couldn't help it. People were looking at me like I was a fucking crazy person. It was like, oh, you guys over at the Renaissance? I just kept saying it at the wedding. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I don't like I don't like that uh, pronunciation. Ren- Renaissance. I'll just say Renaissance. Who gives a fuck? I mean, we can say whatever we want. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I'm at Han. Are you talking the hotel right on the river in Toledo? Yeah. That's literally where I'm at. And if I turn, there's the flowers are still in this meeting room. And that's got to be from just the wedding you were at. No way. It has to be. Dude, I will say that is wedding spot. There's <laughs> like, there insanity. were. <laughs> it's really weird. Dude, I think we should so, let that sink in for a second about how fucking weird that is. Hold on, hold Lurch, on, hold on, hold on. The hold spot on, where the, the entrance, the entrance is chaos. There's like a million cars coming in out of that place. Yeah, oh yeah. Big valet yeah. circle right on the main drag. And Those flowers right fucking left there yesterday morning. morning. I literally Those took an Uber out of there yesterday about? morning. What are you That's, I mean, about? let me just, I mean, this this is just from the wedding. I mean. Those look like flowers from the wedding I was at. I mean, they really do. That's that is <laughs> low key like we didn't know that Lurch was in Toledo. We had no idea. No Flew idea. in this morning. None. Flew into that's Detroit. That's like the craziest here, thing that's tonight. ever happened ever. Yeah, that's a weird one. That's a weird like, one. Your you footprints might have like covered my footprints. Is there? Are, are you like are you gonna next time like pull out a piece of cake from the wedding? Be like, oh, here we are. <laughs> like, just, you know. Is this how you get in shape? No. All right. Do that's I have a, let me see if I have a fucking picture from like. I'm gonna show you this picture, Lurch, from my hotel room that I took the other day. I mean, this has to be. Room, do you guys in the same room? I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose my. Mind. No, 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 I'm not staying here tonight. I just came in here because I was. It has to be like the view the that you're looking at right now. Is that like you're pretty yeah. similar to that yeah, view? Yeah, I mean, so I just I was driving up from Toledo Police Department, pulled in, and because um, it was like I'm gonna jump on, so I just came to this hotel and said, "Hey, do you have a meeting room I could jump in?" They put me in this meeting room, and there's wedding flowers. Oh, so you're not table. staying at that hotel? No, no, no. Oh, no, no. this is fucked. So you just happen to like enter that room, that. right? I just happen to walk into the room where the flowers are like, sitting. Right. Okay, I can't handle That's this. That's fucking weird, man. That's fucking weird. What a world. That's fucking nuts. 
That is a little that, bit strange, dude. Those flowers are starting to creep me out. If I'm sure. Right, like, like that's the like ghost of Riggs's weekend. Like it's just sitting right. there. Like right, no offense, looking at me. No offense at a hotel, but you would think like they would clear out the flowers. I mean, it was only a day or a day and a half ago. Staffing so it's issues. Like, Everybody's got stra- staffing issues. All right. Right? Yeah, that's we're in a weird that, spot right now, dude. Do you remember when my? Remember when I was like flying from Arizona to Pinehurst to like meet with a general contractor and the, I was telling the guy in the seat next to me and as the person in the aisle was walking by, they were like, oh, I'm that general contractor. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. I do remember that. what? I do. And it was and that guy now for like a year has been my guy. That's just who that's the guy. I do remember that. Weird that reminds stuff. me of that. Just like fucking weird, dude. There's dude, so I many those, cities you could be I in. have those moments all the time to the point where I think that's why the whole thing's revolving around me. It's my story. You guys are just like characters. But like we were like shout out to our guy Coley, who's I don't th- I don't know what's going on with him, but he went on the Dave Portnoy show. I don't know if he's still working here, isn't working here. Love that guy. But he's like on the trading block kind of I trading block. I don't know. Um, but when that was all happening, I was talking to Nate Dog, who also does the um, editing and he does all of the stuff behind the blog. And I was like, oh, like, like um, we were sitting in the office and I was just like, oh, like, have you talked to Erica yet? And he's like, no, I actually haven't like I haven't talked to her yet. And as he said that, he's like, hold on. And like looked at his phone. and His phone was ringing. and said Erica on it. And it was just like I was like, dude, when's the last time so Erica called weird. you? He's like a month ago. Like like that was it, the odds of that were astronomical. So, yeah, it's just that was another moment where I was like, yeah, just check that off the list. It's my story. <laughs> That's fucking weird, man. Really um, weird. Lurch, are you ready for something? Hit it. Look at these fucking shoes G4 sent me. <laughs> fucking banana. Look at those things. <laughs> they are a giant Actually, banana. Dude, I don't wear. I was like, I don't know, and now I love them. Yeah, you can I, wear those when you hit your banana slice. It'll be a whole little bit. <laughs> I, don't, I don't hate that it might be a i might be a day when i'm coming up i uh yeah dude they sent me these they're pretty aggressive but i think i'm gonna try to rock them today fucking rigsy bananas dude are you kidding me <laughs> <laughs> joey bananas shout out to entourage um Great all right and then uh last thing i want to say is uh column Taren, our guy he got brought up somewhere in the show i can't remember but i looked i just looked it up i think he's 112th in the fedex cup um Great for him. That means he's kind of uh, you got you know he made the made the playoffs, so he'll have a chance to advance, and he's got status going into next year. So our guy, shout out to him. He's been playing awesome. well this entire summer. Love that fucking dude. He was um, he cracks me up. He was messaging me. I didn't end up running into him, but he was messaging me just throughout the week at the Wyndham, and was like, "Where are you at?" And he's trying to we're trying to hook up. Didn't end up happening, but we stayed in touch. I'm sure he's been chatting with you guys too. He was fucking awesome on the show. And, uh, yeah, he's a great guy to root for. I, I always tell people the story about him, like, leading the U.S. Open and never being on TV and all of his pals being like, dude, they won't show you. And he's like, no, they try it. I just play too fast. I don't want to wait for the camera. So funny. It's the best um, before we go, I think – before we throw it to the interview, I think Jake Bass wants to give a shout-out to somebody. I want to give a shout-out to my buddy Josh, my college roommate, my roommate in New York. Made his first ever hole-in-one at the Standard Club. Uh Seven iron, wow. seven iron, 145. He was playing with his dad. And I was out to dinner with my parents last night. And I said, you should Venmo us for drinks. And he shot me over 30 bucks. Wow. So he paid for me wow. and my dad's, me and my dad's cocktails. And uh, Jake, Jake Bass was showing us a picture before we came on. And he jarred it. He just straight jarred the whole one. Just, a, just a, on the fly. Yeah, I'm yeah. texting in the group chat right now. Wow. That's an it's amazing so good for him. 
those are always wild because you can't you actually don't get the confirmation that you that you need because you don't get to watch it roll in there. That happened to my boy Pete at Aaron Hills, same deal. You're kinda like, whoa, where'd it go? Did it fly into a bunker or something? So that's a oh, fucking that's shot. I mean, talk about your yardage being good. He flew it in the hole. We flew um, in the fucking yeah. hole too for the rest of the day. So good. Yeah, we give shout out hole in one shout outs on this. My dad got one a few months back. Now Jake's buddy. Never happens to us, but it but nope. it happens to other people. Never. It will never Gary happen I, to us. Gary has multiple, or was that his first one? Well, that was his first one. The other one, he made a hole-in-one at St. Andrews on the simulator. Yeah, that's right. St. <laughs> Andrews and Cedar Rapids, the real home of golf. But the, the, one, he made, <laughs> the one he made in Arizona was his first one in uh, in real life. Incredible. Yeah, hole we can't one. start We're, we're always here for hole-in-one. Hole-in-one shout-outs on this show we're going to give every time. So, what's your boy's name again there, uh, Jake Pass? Josh Lubell. Josh, Josh. Lubell. Congrats. Dunked Sounds it. like a famous Congrats. name. Is there a person? Yeah, it Josh? does. Jason, Jason Isbell? Maybe. Mm. Josh Lubell, Jason Isbell. I think that's right. Um, I got to get downstairs. I'm doing a backsplash on a wall. We have like a little bar going in, and we got this peel and stick backsplash. But it's like, usually it's like a subway tile, so it's easy. You peel it off, you go on, and it looks kind of like real tile, right? It's, like, it's kind of a small wall behind a TV, so we didn't think it'd be a fucking problem. When I tell you guys, this motherfucking peel and stick tile is the worst thing that's ever happened to me ever i mean it's like stone so it's real stone so in parts that you have to cl- like cut them the stone cracks throughout the whole thing because it's like flimsy and it's like this guy is adhesive so you put it on and it's the most sticky thing you've ever felt in your fucking life ever so then you get so then you fucking have it in the wrong spot and you can't get it off the wall so now you're ripping the wall off and the fucking the whole wall's coming with it the paint the, the everything it's all it's i had to walk away the people that are helping me downstairs says at one point they go uh why don't you take why don't you take a walk and cool off that's what they said to me they go why don't you just take a walk and cool off because i went to go fucking we ripped one off i said i'm fucking putting this thing back on and it connected on either side so so the whole thing was unusable because you know when you do that with tape like one end will hit another t- and now you're fucked and then i just threw it on the ground i said i'm done I'm done. I'm fu- you guys fucking do this. I'm fucking done. So they're down there right now. So that's get, your, what I'm um, get your next door neighbor over there to help you. Yeah, fucking Doug. He thinks I'm a pathetic piece of shit probably. Backsplash, huge focal point on house hunters. I feel like everybody's like, hey, you know, I kind of like the kitchen, but the backsplash is not. They just it's fucking huge. love yeah. talking about backsplashes. And now we've got a seam. I'm like, I could see where the top and the bottom meet. Mm. There's a seam. They're like, oh. they're like, oh, we'll just fix that in with some caulking. I'm like, everything's fixed with caulking now that I've realized. Like, if the fucking mm-hmm. light isn't flush, oh, we'll caulk it. Oh, if, the, if it doesn't go to the end of the wall, we'll caulk it. Is caulking like the best tool of all time, like the best thing to use of all time? It's just it's like a tool. melt. You just kind of like melt things together with color. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's what I figured. It's like when you don't. It's do like, oh, there's correct. a little gap there. We can get <laughs> yeah. this color of caulk and just kind of slab it in there and smear it. And then you can't really tell. And it's done. Dude, my whole house is a bunch of you. You're not going to be able to tell the whole house. Like, because we've kind of like, like everything's like, you'll never tell in like a week. You don't get. And it's true. <laughs> like I've, str- I've stressed over so many little oh, things. Dude, I was. Bro, there- I made this guy paint this wall four times because i'm like you know we could still see the strokes be, and he's like you'd be horrible to work for i mean i can't imagine well, no the guy the it. guy knew what i was saying he's like i don't know why you could still see it was a square of where you could see the paint and we ended up figuring out because like that's where they like they patched up the hole so like that's not the oh, same gotcha. fucking, so it was darker there or something it was just darker there and like we kept yeah. trying and then like dude now i don't even notice it 
Yeah, I was there. I was there early on when you guys moved in and you guys got a rug and I helped oh. you put a rug down in the dining room and you were like, this side's uneven. And we'd put it down, we'd measured it out, it looked perfect. <laughs> and you're like, that side's uneven. That's gonna that's gonna keep me up tonight. And I was like, dude, it looks fine. Do not worry about it. I don't know if you ended up trying to fix it, but you no. were like, that was like your main focus for the next three hours. You were like, and then, and then people, the rug is uneven. When people tell me it's fine, I just under my breath. I'm like, you know, it's just my house and I just want it to look good. But I guess it's fine to you. Then it's fine to me. Like, I just under my breath. I'm like, if it's fine to you, I guess it has to be fine to me, right? Like if you just don't want to fix it, I guess I have to just live with it for the rest of my life. You get to leave here and then I have to just look at it. It's like you get to leave here and then I have to stare at it. I don't say any of this stuff to these people, by the way. It's just I kind of mull it to myself. Wow. Uh, upside. Upside is something you should probably be trying to focus on. Instead, Frankie, Upside allows you to earn cash back on your everyday purchases like gas, grocery, maybe gawk for your house, restaurant purchases to get started. Download the free Upside app. Use my promo code TOKEN and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and boom, you get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside's great because, again, I'm on the road all the time, especially in the summer. Dog days of summer for us. We travel nonstop. You're at different spots, different restaurants, different hotels, airlines. You don't know which reward's going to go where. You don't want to have to focus on where you're using what. The app is so easy to use. You can use it for literally anything. Like I said, grocery, restaurant purchases. Uh, if you're at um, maybe a convenience spot or a um, new little newsstand at the airport, wherever we might be, you just fire up the Upside app, use it. You can download the free Upside app and use promo code 4 to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or higher. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase using promo code Four, download the free Upside app today. You said token at first. I'm glad you switched that because I think they gave you the wrong code at first. I don't even know if you realized that you went with the flow there. Let's let's double down right now on that code. And it's definitely F O R E. It's funny. I actually, th- yeah, that is the code. I actually thought they were gonna. They were saying use promo code token, like the like the it was a it was a token that you were using. Not right. That you were actually gonna type in, and I was like, that's kind of an interesting way to say it. That like somebody's using a token, like. It almost makes you feel special, like you have a special token. But instead, that's Probably just the wrong CEO podcast. It's the name of a different, different podcast on this network. So to be clear, and I want to be crystal clear, if you're using Upside, use the code four so that we get credit for yeah, it. Yeah, you could use token also, but yeah, we'd price. like you to use four. It's like now it's like a thing between us and Erica, which is like not that great. Like you can use whatever. <laughs> no, we didn't want to position ourselves. <laughs> we're in a bad spot. Now we're in a bad spot. Now we're in a bad spot. You know what? You know what? Use token. Use token. You know what? Go ahead. Just fucking, yeah. Use token. Act like this This never happened, folks. Just use whatever the fuck you want to use. Our code is four. It's upside. It's a free app. Um, shout out to uh, Cernic Fowler. We talk about him with Mark Hubbard, but, uh, you know, past the baton, he's out. He was all teary-eyed, which I understand. He's been doing it forever. He's been there for some monumental moments. Cernic is out. Trevor Immelman is in. Um, so a great run from Cernic Faldo. Faldo Farm. It sounds like he's just going to literally go off into the pasture and hang out with his girl and his family and do whatever the hell he wants, which is probably what you should do when you're rich and successful and you just don't want to do the coverage anymore. So shout out to Sir Nick. Great run. Um, all right. Without Great further you know, ado. One, one thing I know, I know we're probably running long here, but one thing that okay. Sir Nick said, and this isn't, I mean, it's not that big a deal, but he used a similar line that I used in the one best man speech that I've ever given. And I, now I'm starting to think that, 
Like I, I thought it was a great line, but it, maybe people are using this line all the time. And he said, um, I'm a, I'm an only child, Sir Nick said, but I've gained three brothers up here in this broadcast with all the guys that he does the work with. I use that same line in my best man speech. My buddy, my best friend growing up from home is an only child. And I said, you may be an only child, but all you've got, you know, seven brothers up here because of wow. how many people were up there. Fuck and it yeah. made me think that the line that I thought I came up with is something that people use all the time well, when they're giving a speech on. about an only child. Or you think you came up with that line? I would say that's one of the, like, the most used lines in best man speeches. Oh, I didn't know that. I haven't. Well, heard you it. obviously looked that up, right? Like, no. Oh, dude, you've obviously heard that. Everybody uses that line. I got a new sister with a sister-in-law. A new no, 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 I mean, but I'm saying specifically the only child, the single only child line. I think for weddings of a of a man as an only child, I think it's a pretty common line. I think I've actually heard maybe that. the most used line. I think I've heard that one. I'd be curious to know. The people You're crushing out there, Trent right now, man. You're just crushing him. I was like, when I came up, and it crushed in the room. When I used that at the wedding, people started falling out of their chairs. They were crying so hard. But <laughs> I'm wondering, at weddings, if you've gone to a wedding where the the bride or the groom is an only child, how many times have you heard that line? If you've heard it, hit me up. 93%. I also want to get a shot before we jump over to the um, interview – our merchandise for the back to school and like early fall is dropping on Wednesday. So tomorrow you have to be ready for this. We have the unreal hoodie line that Trent is wearing that oh, I am wearing. Oh, that's rollback. Sorry. The unreal um, hoodie line from unreal is insane. It's unreal. If you want to start getting crazazy with it, the Ooh. really nice B cross T logo on the chest. It's got such a comfortable feel to it and then you've got the um quarter zip which we never we don't usually push the unreal quarter zips because we're always peter millar these things are different man they're fucking good right they're like athletic feeling they're tight they have a really really good neckline where they pop up in the right spot they hold firm really good white with an amazingly sized athlete cross it's athletic it's for sure it's very athletic it's tight around the arms it looks good in all the right places. Um, we have sweatpants. They were like sweatpants joggers coming out with the B-cross T right there, like below the um, pocket. They look fucking awesome also. How comfy, wow. how comfy are those things, man? Perfect color, too. It's like a charcoal. Dude, I chose to sit right here with you schmucks for a couple hours, and they're just as comfy as can be. Make sure that you are ready to go for whenever we release this. I don't know if it's going to be like a 10 a.m. drop. Oh, I love that blue with like the tar. That's beautiful. Yeah, that blue Carolina blue, blue on there. Oh. Um, I don't know if it's going to be 10 a.m., 12 p.m. There's going to be a time that we're going to be tweeting out. You have to be ready for it. These things are going to go fast, especially the hoodies and the quarter zips. You have to be ready for that stuff. That stuff goes quick in all your sizes. So when we get these DMs saying, how come there's no double XLs or XLs available? Well, they all fucking went like 20 minutes into the sale. So just be ready for it. And then you're going to have your stuff ready to go for this fall. It's I'm really proud of this line. Like I know that we're gonna have huge fall. And 10 a.m. Eastern. 10, 10 a.m. Eastern, Eastern on tomorrow. Wednesday. Dude, I'm really proud of this because we're we're getting away from just the huge bar stool golf across everything. I love that stuff. I think it's like the OG stuff, and it's like when people wear it in bars and to stadiums and to fucking golf events, you can see it. This is a logo. Like the stuff we're putting on now 
is like, holy shit, what's that? Like, you don't, it's a little understated. You could show up to yeah. a bar with it. You're not specifically wearing like big bar stool merch. It's like, it's different. It's our stuff. It's, it's branded smaller. I think the merch team fucking killed it this year. I think we're going to have a huge, huge. Was Allison Saul crowd surfing on Saturday? Allison Saul, uh, the whole crew was out there. We had Allison Saul. We had Pilar in the crowd. We had Justin Mancini. I mean, that, I just love everything about that guy. Yeah, dude, look at those things. Just yeah, understated. Those are sharp. So those sharp. Are sharp. Are those unreal also? Yep. Yeah, and Unreal, dude, Unreal like puts really, really good quality into all their clothes now. Like it's nothing, nothing to sneeze at, as as kids like to say. I was hanging out with Michael Jordan in Minnesota. That guy's the man. The Unreal founder, MJ. Um, Confused? Yeah, you get it. Yeah, no, I'm pumped. So Wednesday, I'm I'm really excited to see what people think about this because it's like, it's just a really good high quality launch. Like, there's not going to be one piece of merchandise that people get. That they're gonna be like, ah, oh, this is shitty. The only thing I would say is that maybe the Unreal quarter zips. If you think it's, if you think you don't like things tight, go a size up. That's the only thing I would say. Yeah, if you've got more of an us body than like a, you're not in the NHL. Yeah, uh, you might want to go a size up. They're a little bit tight, but they're just like an athletic. Fit. They're athletic fit, so like that's just us giving you a heads up, like because that's the only thing I could I could see us getting DMs about being like, ah, oh, it's a little tight around the belly. Well, like if you know you have a belly, just go one size up, and it's gonna fit perfect. So. Um, I'm excited to see what you guys say. Tweet at us, DM us. We'll fucking we'll suck on your little store.barcelsports.com. 10 a.m. Eastern on Wednesday. Go check them out. Here is Mark Hubbard, who was an excellent guest live from Memphis for the first playoff event. All right, folks. We're joined for the first time. Mark Hubbard. He's a uh, he's a veteran out there on the pro circuit. He's went viral a few weeks ago for. A great reason overall, one of the more interesting reasons I've ever seen. But um, we'll start from the beginning. You're, you know, we got the beginning of FedEx Cup playoffs here. You're in Memphis. I've been to Memphis once. It was for a bachelor party and um, and Beale Street. I, I'm from St. Louis. So it was like a four-hour drive. It wasn't that crazy, but we'd never been. We went, and it was fucking chaos. You guys are about ready to play a PGA Tour event there, which should be a different experience. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm staying by the course for sure for the <laughs> tournament. Uh but yeah, I, uh, I dabbled a little last night, and it's it's a uh, it's a fun town. I mean, it definitely reminds me of New Orleans or Nashville, and yeah, it was a good good time. Lots of live music, lots of uh, drinks flowing. It was good. Is that one on the bachelor party circuit? Like, I feel like it jumps right. It jumped from Vegas to Nashville, a little bit of Austin, like those type of places. Memphis, although Riggs just said he went on a bachelor party, that's one where I feel like it's not a hotbed of bachelor parties yet, but it probably will be. Yeah, I haven't I haven't heard of it, but uh, I definitely would recommend. It'd be a good one. Do you awesome. just listen to that song by Mark Cohen all the time, "Walking in Memphis"? <laughs> Tell me you listened to it since you've been there. Uh, I haven't, but he actually. Uh, I'm from Colorado, and he did a concert in Colorado, and that was where he got shot and was in a coma for like three or four months. Did you know about that? No. In Memphis. No. Yeah, there was a car. He was in a carjacking and got shot in the head. No, in Colorado, he did a show and got shot in the head and survived and was in a coma for like three months in Colorado. Crazy. Look it up. Wow. wow. What? I know. 
I'm gonna give that exactly. a Wikipedia when we're done for sure. You're yeah. uh yeah, you're a Denver guy, right? So you're all yeah. jacked up. You got the Avs championship. They look like they're on the precipice of what some people are calling a dynasty with that fucking team with Kellen Carr. I mean, you got a Blues fan here, so he's not gonna agree, but they're fucking good, man. They are good. You know what I was talking to someone? I was talking to a hockey player the other day about like their makeup, and it's because like their front office is made up of players that like know what players want, as opposed to like some GMs or some owners like just have no idea what's going on. They never played the game. Maybe they were like coaches or whatever. Like there's a difference between when you know what a player wants and like a Devon Taves acquisition. Not a lot of people thought that he'd be the right pick, but they legitimately knew he would be exactly what Cal McCarr needed. So it's like really interesting to see like that's how they made that team together. Are you an Avs fan? I am. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm all Colorado sports. So yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, uh, we're lo- we're looking for the the right players, not the best ones, for sure. Um, right. Oh, we'll see. I don't know. It, it hasn't really it hasn't really worked out uh, with my Broncos though, with with Elway in the front office. So we'll yeah. see. Hopefully, hopefully Russ will, will change that. Broncos, but. let's ride. <laughs> was it, isn't that what, what he said? That? The Russell Wilson where it was going viral, where he was like, "Let's ride," and they just yeah, kept making I mean, him say that. It's the most embarrassing shit I've ever hope, seen. In my yeah, hopefully life. he's better on the field than he is on social. It's like Trent. You haven't seen this yet. It's no, green it's on, screen it's video of him saying, "Let's ride," and they're just like it for like Madden, right? <laughs> yeah, it's so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's right. So, it's also though you get it's weird how like coaching isn't that way right I mean like Wayne Gretzky and you get these guys that coach and it just doesn't work out but I do I do feel like GM is more right like like it makes sense because like you said a player in the locker room who's been in the locker room his whole life understands kind of the type of person that you want um, which is the opposite of Moneyball right I mean everybody always talks about right. Moneyball and stats and you got to put to whereas probably somewhere in the middle feels like there's like a blend and and a, a Unfortunately, I think Frankie's right. Like the Avs seem to have fucking found it because there's a lot of teams with a lot of skill, but that team is relentless, man. When they just keep coming and keep coming and keep coming, it's infuriating to play against. Yeah, they're just so fast. I mean, more than anything, just watch them skate around people. It's it's so fun to watch. Um, I think, I don't know, I think the coaching thing is just kind of one step removed. Like as a coach, you probably, I don't know, need a different perspective. Um, but yeah, in the, in the office, I feel like you're one step removed. You're not right there, but you, you have the player's interest in mind. I mean, e- even from a golf level, like having Jason Gore now with the USGA, like that's a perfect example where it's just, yeah, it's the perfect scenario. It is funny. Like that's a really good point. Cause I haven't, um, I feel like I haven't in the last few years since they hired Jason Gore heard much bitching. Whereas leading up to then, we had Zach Johnson with Dave oh, lost control of the golf. We had everything. Like Bryson at Shinnecock was like this guy. Everybody was bitching. And I feel like for the last couple of years, we haven't heard much bitching. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I, I haven't played a ton of USGA events. I've just played the one one open at uh, uh, Wingfoot. But yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree. I think it's been a different tune and they're just kind of hearing our concerns. And I mean, all it really was was about setup and and from a player standpoint, if you got a player looking out for that, it's it's going to get better. What do you think of uh, what do you think of setups in general? Tour setups. I mean, you guys are out there week to week. We haven't been to a ton of tour events. We started going a lot more in the last kind of year or so. I was at Wyndham this last week. Just kind of, we've played a few pro ams now, so you kind of start to understand week in and week out. You know, from your vantage point, I mean, it feels like there's a pretty big difference between Corn Ferry Tour between Canadian Tour, like the difficulty. What do you think overall? Do you have a lot of do you have a lot of takes on kind of course setups for tour events? 
Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a huge difference. I think that's the biggest difference between the tours. Um, I mean, because the competition is still really good down there, but just the courses are are set up so much differently, so much harder. Greens are so much firmer and faster. Pin locations are tougher on tour. That's that's kind of the adjustment coming from tour to tour. And I think that's just because we have more control over it on the PGA tour. Whereas, you know, we don't, there's not the same amount of money and and sponsors on the, on the lower tours to kind of shut down the course for a couple of weeks coming into it. Um, I mean, I think, I think it's tough. It's a constant battle. I think as players, we would love to see it, you know, 15 to 18 under win every week. And that requires pretty firm and fast conditions with rough, but at the same time, you know, you're trying to sell the best product and it's not, you know, you like seeing carnage during the the US Open, but the rest of the time you kind of want to see birdies. That kind of in between, which is where we love, is not maybe the best product for TV. So it's always going to be a battle in terms of what we want and what we would prefer versus what's going to make the best product. Yeah, it is. Uh, I do. I think you're right. I think that sweet spot, even for us as fans, like 15 to 18 under, right? Like I, I feel like that's if somebody's playing really well and they're hot, they can shoot low 60s, but it's right on that edge of if you if you're a little bit off i mean you can watch really good players shoot 75 you know it's like really yeah. not that hard to do out there but that's got to be from i mean we've done frankie does a lot with behind the greens and understanding turf crews now and what all, that is really really difficult to get a golf course on that fine line and like we just talked about with USGA if you fuck it up people will lose their minds and then all of a sudden yeah. you're an asshole yeah yeah, for sure. And, but I, I mean, I think it shows, I think, you know, every year we do surveys for what our favorite tournaments are and, and then, you know, you see, you know, courses like, like the one we're playing this week in Memphis, you know, it used to be uh, just a regular season event. Then it went to a WGC and now it's a playoff event. And it's, it's for that reason. It's, it's a course, it's easier to kind of get in those conditions where, you know, nine to 15 under could win. Um, and those are, of course we love, you know, travelers is getting more popular every year for that same reason. Like it's always, you know, 15 to 20, uh, it's just perfect conditions. You know, ribs always been my favorite, uh, event of the year for that same reason. So, I mean, I think the courses kind of shine through the ones that are easier to set up that way. Riviera might get, might get, it's like dick sucked the most of any golf course in the world by PGA tour players. People love that place. Yeah. I mean, I, even before Tiger's event, it was always amazing. I'm biased because my brother lives like eight minutes away. So it's just a super fun event for me. Um, but I think I personally, my favorite part of golf is just kind of the imagination part and the recovery part. And so I like courses where, you know, you can shoot 80 hitting every single shot. Like there's really not any hazards are out of bounds on that course there's a little bit but you know it's not like honda where you could just re-tee on every hole um so i mean that course gives you a chance if you if you hit it out of, out of play you can recover you can you know use your imagination you can hit a ton, ton of different shots and i think that's what golf's all about for me so th- th- i think that's why i get so much praise it's almost more infuriating man you like especially for guys like us yeah you come off the green, you add it up, it's a seven, and you're like, dude, I didn't lose a ball. Like, I have, I just, yeah. it was right in front of me the whole time, and I just, it just took me that many tries to get it. Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no BS. You either hit the, the shot and it's good, or you get penalized for it. So it's, it's just the perfect course. How often do you go back and, and uh, when you're playing a golf course and think about all the shots that you missed? Like, or do you ever say like, well, I made a couple ones that I usually don't like I've been playing the best golf of my life recently. And like, 
We'll get off the That's green, correct. and I'll say thank you very much. I went from a 10-6 to a 5-6. Franks and Frankie's coming out. You'll see how Great. I drop fucking – yeah, I drop fucking five It is points. legit. It's, a, it's very legit. Three, three months. Unbelievable. Three months I'm and down to a 5 You're probably not getting invited to many tournaments now, though. No, it's a night – well, a now I'm getting all these texts. Brock Nelson just sent me a text saying, holy smokes, I get two strokes off you now, and I'm 9-4-1 yeah, against him. you. Everybody it's wants nuts. Um, <laughs> But I'm walking off green uh, – off the 18th green being like, holy shit, I just had 76 ball and hole. And I missed like five birdie putts like throughout the day. Like this could have been a 70 or a 71. But then I think I chipped in on 14 and I hit the perfect drive of all time on 11. Like there's things that like you go back and forth. When you're playing in a professional golf tournament, are you thinking about those things or are you just kind of going with the flow and taking what you whatever you get? Yeah, I mean, I think I've gotten better at that. I mean, golf is obviously so infuriating because you lose a million times more than you win. Even when you shoot 65, you know, it still feels feels like you left some out there and it's just you, you can't perfect it no matter how good you get. Uh, that's one of the reasons I love it, but it's also one of the reasons why I'm down in Beale Street last night, you know, having a million <laughs> beers. So um, I think, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think uh, I've gotten better at that. And if you really do look at it, I, I am a believer that it kind of evens itself out. You know, you lip as many, put, as many putts in as you lip out and you just kind of kind of look at that that way. I think if you don't, you'll just drive yourself crazy. <laughs> Right. And that kind of bleeds into what you went viral for, where you hit a shot and kind of instantly got mad, slamming your club down the ground. The ball goes in. It's a hole in one. It's like one of the greatest moments of all time. Um, So talk us through a little bit about what happened there and like how it went from just disaster to the greatest moment. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I was just so stuck all day. Like everything was missing. Right. I think I had probably dropped the club full Hideki on four of my last six shots just like but those obviously had missed right missed the green right or off the tee in the rough and for whatever reason that one I guess I like kind of flipped save and I you know I thought it was right of the right bunker and I looked up and it's five yards right of the pin drawing back and I'm just like that's why I initially was like oh that's embarrassing (laughs) because I knew I was being a dick and uh and a baby and you know and then I looked up and Wyndham was great about it I was playing with uh you know some buddies so that was good and he immediately was like, if that goes in, and of course, that's the reason it went in. If he hadn't said anything, no chance. But he he uh, he manifested that pretty – it was pretty cool. It's like it's the most embarrassing version of what everyone doesn't want to do on the course. I did the same thing the same week you did it. I was at Shinnecock with a member, first time ever playing that course, obviously walking on eggshells. I hit a shot, and I literally screamed, get down, you suck. <laughs> and the ball – I just missed – I just missed like the depth perception and the ball sat on the edge of the hole. And he looked at me, he's like, now you're three up. Like I got like, why are you like, and you're never coming back here dancing on my grave right now. I'm like, dude, I thought it was way over. I don't know. I'm not the wind. (laughs) Even when Hideki does it. And like you said, he, I mean, he's famous for, you just call it the Hideki now, but his ball never goes in. It lands, you know, eight feet, 10 feet. It's a dart usually, but his ball never goes in. So for your ball to go in, that's what makes it so goddamn funny. Yeah. I mean, he, he is, he's a different level. That's just how good he hits it where, you know, his, his worst shots are still pin high 20 feet. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Better luck, better lucky than good. I'm I'm a fan of being on that side as opposed to the other. We usually get mad at JT for and Spieth for doing the uh, club twirl and then the ball misses the green by 15 yards. And like when you're gambling on a greener regulation, these guys are club twirling their dicks off and the ball's like in the water. You're like, well, 
That's insane. Imagine gambling on that shot where you watch him get all fucking pissed off. You're like, no. And then the ball goes in the hole. That that reaction would have been all time for us had we had action on that green regulation or like closest to the pin. <laughs> yeah, we got we got to think about that with all the real time gambling. Now we got to have to think adjust. about that because you have people living and dying on <laughs> fairways hit and greens and regulation. You have to be thinking about your reaction because the camera is on you like for your first shot. So you're like, if you give me like a sigh, I'm dead. I'm already walking towards the bathroom, like screaming and like freaking out. Yeah, yeah see, it's I'm, all about the reaction. I'm the worst. I feel like I'm going to get worse at it now. I feel like I'm going <laughs> to mess with people now, now that you brought that up. Do you club twirl or do you keep it like pretty consistently or do you try to only do it on moments where you know it's Drops right and through? spikes his clubs, Trent. Yeah, it's always, always good. <laughs> yeah, I, w- <laughs> I, wish as, I wish I got as happy as I do mad. Uh, I'm trying to be more even keel. Uh, I definitely feel like I'm, an, uh, I'm on the emotional golfer end. Um, which I think is something that makes me good, but it's also, you know, my kryptonite sometimes. So I'm trying to keep it a little more level-headed. Is there a uh, is there a concerted effort, especially as you get more and more into the professional game, about your energy levels throughout the week? Because as we've started playing more golf, um, especially with this with this show, with this franchise, we're out filming, we do these launches. After like two or three rounds on a trip, we're fucking exhausted. And like we'll play in one pro-am, man, and it'll be six, six and a half hours. And like halfway through it, we're just like, we drop our pre-shot routine. We just swing. We're, we're sweating. It's the middle of summer. You guys, like, you know, people like to make fun of golfers and obviously more athletic now than it used to be, but like it is exhausting out there and it's such a mental game. And even with, um, celebrations or reactions like that, that takes energy. Is there a concerted effort out of you to kind of think about and be conscious of your energy levels throughout the week? Yeah, a million percent. Um, I think this year more than more than any other year has taught me that. Um, I was in that 150 to or 126 to 150 category this year. So I only got in 21 events. Um, and it sure showed me that I was playing too much and doing too much. I think I had this my eighth year and and my first year that I haven't played over 30 events. Um yeah, I mean the the neurological decline is inevitable. That's why you see, you know, the big guys only play a couple events in a row. You know, they're never playing more than three or four. Um, and it's yeah, like you said, it's inevitable. Um, I, I I definitely I I would say I probably need to do a better job in the moment on the course. But I think from just a week to week perspective, you know, I'm playing less practice rounds. I know all these courses at this point. Uh, like you guys said at the beginning, I'm a veteran now, whether I like it or not. Uh, I'm feeling old and, and yeah, you gotta, you know, you gotta do stuff unless I'm really struggling, you know, I'm not hitting balls after my round, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm taking a lot more priority on rest than I am, you know, anything else for sure. Yeah. It's an interesting dynamic to it that I, that I just think doesn't probably get covered too much. So you just walk us through a normal week. It's, you know, we're talking to you now. So people know the show will come out on Tuesday. It's, it's one, one thirty in the afternoon on Monday. What's kind of a day by day look like for you on a on you know at a at a tour stop, but especially this is the beginning of FedEx Cup. I think you're about ninetieth in the FedEx Cup standing, so every week's huge for you from this point in. What's kind of day day to day look like for you? Yeah, eighty third, but whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think I like you said. I think that's the biggest difference. Like normally, you know, my rookie years, couple of years, you know, I'd be doing a Monday pro-am, you know, cause they're paying three grand or whatever. And I'm like, Oh, great. Another time to see the course, whatever. 
And now it's like, you know, I'm not really doing much today. Might get a massage, but just really taking it easy. Um, tomorrow I'm going to only play nine holes. I think the, the nine hole pro-am has been a huge thing for us that, that the players have really pushed and it, it makes a huge difference just kind of being able to taper into the week. So I'll, I'll play whatever nine I'm not playing in the pro-am tomorrow. Um, some light short game practice, kind of just get, you know, get the speed and, and feel of the greens. Um, and then Wednesday, you know, we have the pro-am, but it's, it's only nine holes. So, I mean, I would say, you know, my rookie year, I was doing about five, six hours a day and now I'm doing about three hours a day and it, it makes a world of difference, especially this late in the season. It's interesting. The, um, the difference or, or the evolution of a golf course throughout the week for you guys I was talking with on Wednesday played with, um, Anirban Lahiri in the second part of our pro-am. And he was talking a lot about how he's really learned that if he can get out there and get in the pro-am on Wednesday, that that's actually essential for him because the firmness and the fieriness of the golf course changes so much from Monday to Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, that he's found if he doesn't get out there on Wednesday and get some true, you know, prep and experience in on Wednesday, he might show up and on the first hole, his ball might bounce over the green on his approach. And he's like, oh, Jesus. Totally. Yeah, no, I, and I mean, that goes back to, you know, what we've been talking about, like I playing 18 holes on Tuesday morning, not only is it, you know, a huge energy drain, but it's also like the course is going to be so different Thursday afternoon than Tuesday morning. It's not only an energy drain, it's honestly a complete waste of time. Like if you've never seen the course before and you don't know where to hit it, that's one thing. But, you know, these guys, you know, that have been out here, my, my rookie year, I, I was playing in Palm Springs and uh, Matt Kuchar came to the first tee and asked to join us. So I'm like, Oh, this is so great. Like I'm going to play 18 holes with Matt Kuchar. He played one, two and three and drove off. Like they don't, you know, you're just trying to see the, you know, the speed and stuff of the greens. But after that, like it really is kind of pointless on Tuesday because it does change so much. Right. There's no preparation for like getting your swing ready, right? Like that's already in place. You guys aren't out there warming up your swings or fixing anything on a Tuesday or Wednesday. Are you it, like all this preparation is strictly course management, seeing the green, seeing the speed, or are you working things out on the course? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think very little stuff, you know, there might be a ball position change or just kind of a feel you're trying to get. Um, so it might be, you know, walking into the ball differently or, or just a setup thing or how you're, you know, a feel on the club or whatever. Um, but yeah, you're not making any big, big changes. I mean, I see that all the time, you know, guys just, you know, out at 5 PM on Wednesday grinding, hitting a million bags of balls. It's like, if you don't have it on Wednesday, you're probably not going to have it yeah. <laughs> tomorrow. You know, you're probably not going to find it. And, and, and even more so you, you kind of just got to, play, play with what you have. Um, you know, I, I was actually talking to my brother about that the other day, like my good stretch that I had a couple, couple weeks ago. Um, I mean, I really wasn't hitting it that well, but I knew exactly where the ball was going. Um, and I think that's something that's underlooked out here. It's not necessarily, you know, the 200 most talented guys in the world. It's the 200 guys that know their game the best. And so, you know, it's, it's not necessarily hitting perfect shots, obviously the you know, top 10, 20 guys are amazing, but the rest of us, you know, we just kind of know our game and, and get it around the course. And we know exactly where they're going to hit it, where we want, or we know where our miss is going to be. And, and we just keep it manageable. Love that. Talk to me about the Twitter account, homeless hubs. Where'd you get, what's that nickname about? Yeah, I just playing mini tours, um, living <laughs> on a buddy's couch basically. And, and, you know, I'm always a dis- disheveled piece of crap so um they just started calling me homeless and then <laughs> nick faldo's uh, favorite pga pro 
Yeah, he he just, I mean, uh, RIP, sad to see him go. Um, yeah. He just loves, he can't stop talking about my putting. Uh, I, I mean, I have short arms and I hunch over a bunch, but man, he just won't let it go. He just, so I figured Same. I'd Same. He's yeah. been doing that to we've me had, for years. We've had limited run, run-ins with him. We've, we interviewed him actually at Frankie's Family Restaurant. He's a great guy, but once he gets latched onto something, he, he is going to talk won't about let it forever. It go. There's this one, there's this one thing that I, he all, it bugs me so much. He, every time he sees someone in contention yawn, he's like, oh, they're, they're nervous and they're not breathing enough. Like when you don't breathe enough, that's when you yawn. I'm like, maybe it's just fucking hot at window <laughs> and like they're tired because we've had a million rain delays. Like maybe he's not nervous. Maybe he's just yawning. It's a normal human thing, like, but it's the same thing. He just like gets latched on something and just will not let it go. Yeah, he I mean, he did this to Riggs. He just refused to let Riggs's like putting stroke and and jumping <laughs> stroke like go, and he just kept commenting and he kept calling you like something different, right? Wasn't he calling you Bigs or something like that? Yeah, he <laughs> called me. He called me. Yeah, it was like Bigsy or something. He just couldn't <laughs> just he couldn't get it. And uh, yeah, Briggsy, uh, he's like Briggsy, and then like yeah, he just he couldn't comprehend it either. Like he would just put his head in his hands whenever he would talk about it and be like, I. <laughs> he would, and he just couldn't let it go. And every day I could tell, like, there's certain people who, like, JT will jump in and he gets the humor of it. And he's in on the, like, I think literally Nick Faldo would quote tweet about my putting every day from a point of, like, pure emotional distress about the yeah, whole thing. And actual just analysis. Every day, yeah. He would see it and tune in every day and be like, fuck, god damn it. He just couldn't. What is he doing? Let it go. Yeah, every single day. He's a weird uh, one. I play. I played uh, yesterday with Jason Duffner and and my buddy Nick Taylor and and uh, one of our good friends was guiding for him, David Markle. And like the second hole, someone yelled "Let's go Duff," but it sounded like "Let's go Muff." And oh, so the shit. whole day we were just like calling him Muff. Like, <laughs> <laughs> kind of works. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man! Oh uh, man! Uh, are you a anti airline pilot? Owens Mixers, baby. Several years now, we've had our own cocktail out there, which is the transfusion. I spoke about the wedding earlier with Abby and Brendan. Credit to them. They had the transfusion as an option to pick up during the ceremony, which I've never seen before. You walk into the ceremony, which was outside, overlooking a couple of the fairways at Inverness. They had a few options. They had like a, might have been like a John Daly or something along those lines. And they had a transfusion as an option. So you're sitting there, they're going through the whole thing. It was a Jewish wedding, but like Jewish Irish families, like that were the two different families. And I'm just sitting there soaking it all up. There's all kinds of Hebrew being spoken which and sang actually, which is beautiful. They break the glass and I was just sipping on a transfusion. So it was like as nice, nice of a scene as you could pretty much have out there, which I love. The transfusion is a delicious, refreshing cocktail. Owens works like this. They got the mixer, they refresh, they revamp the mixer game. You literally just pour your favorite flavor in there with your favorite liquor. Um, just add Owens. That's what they say. You're good to go. Simple you got that, that easy of a cocktail. Uh, they got variety of mixers that pair with any spirit, including the Barstool Transfusion. It's the majority of stadiums and arenas across the country. So if you're going to a game, get yourself an Owens cocktail, even if it's not the transfusion. 
You see those Owens bottles up there with the little donkey logo. It's a great logo. You know it's going to be the good stuff. So ask for that. Pour it in with your favorite liquor of choice, and it's going to be quite refreshing. They do a really good job. They take it very seriously. Shout out to our dude Josh Miller. Uh, Might play more golf than we do, but he does it to try to uh, attract new clients and courses so that hopefully when you as the consumer – Go to any course around the country. They've got Owens on the beverage carts at the 19th hole all over the place. Um, these guys do a great job. You go to owensmixers.com, check the store locator to find a store that has Owens near you. If you don't feel like getting off the couch, order on Amazon or get it delivered in less than 30 minutes, which is insane, on GoPuff. That's owensmixers.com. We love Owens, don't we, boys and girls? Love Owens. I got this backsplash going in on a bar, and I cannot wait to have all the Owens mixers just sitting there waiting for me to make everyone a nice ice-cold mixer. It's going to look like I know what I'm doing. I'm going to be standing there. Everyone's going to see the scene because we didn't put in the fucking backsplash incorrectly. Yeah, how long do you splash some Owens? You know, how long do you actually need that backsplash? You just tip over a bottle by accident. 100%. Is that – oh, is that what the – is that what a backsplash is for? I mean, you got to think. Mm, That's where the term came from. I never thought about that. I mean, that. it's more – you don't want to splash things on it. It's more no, like – No, protection. No, but you can't help it. I think you just – But my point know, is like – It's never intentional, but it's unavoidable. It's inevitable. My point is like it's more uh, decorative than just like a painted wall. Like you'd, you'd rather rather splash on the wall than you would the backsplash, wouldn't you? Like what – like. The no, idea but I feel that like the backsplash is made of material that can handle a splash, right? Okay. I see what you're saying. I okay. see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, kind of like just it just like uh rolls off it all. Okay. It drips so, off yeah, it. like a raincoat. So, yeah. <laughs> it is kind of now that right, I think about right. it, it's like shiny. It's like yeah. <laughs> Total acrylic. Um, um I can't wait. I'm gonna be pouring it's quality stuff. Gonna, it's delicious. You want some drinks? Um all right, owensmixers.com, go check it out. Store locator, go puff, Amazon, whatever you like, they got good stuff. Just add Owens. Uh, yeah, big time. I, wow. What is their problem, dude? I, I saw this tweet. They're about, amazing so- at their job, but like, so <laughs> I have a sec- 16, 17 month old, and we plan our flights meticulously. All right, her nap's at twelve. We're gonna take the noon flight. We get on. We do all of our groundwork. She's ready to go. She's fed. She's happy. She's gonna, as soon as we take off, she's going to pass out and we're going to be able to watch Netflix and hang out for two hours. Like, this is great. 20 minutes into it. Pilot gets on. Hey everybody. Like <laughs> we're at 30,000 feet. I'm like, Nobody cares, bud. Like you just woke my daughter up. The drink cart lady's coming around. Like, Hey, you guys need anything? We need you to shut up. So our daughter can see that's what we need. <laughs> what do you, that, that, that's very funny. And second, what do you think about an alternate airline that is only for people with kids? Because I think that works. For both schools what, of people, dude, right? What a fucking Million circus that would be. That you get on that plane. But listen, the airline, the airline that flies with kids and their parents, they will not have the pilot at 15,000 feet, 17,000 feet, 19,000 feet being like, this is where we're at in the sky. It'll be all whispers. It'll be a very quiet voice. And then on our plane, I do not have children. I don't have to deal with the kids crying when the pilot wakes them up with the announcements. Million percent. That's an unbelievable idea. I just want to know, like, what is he trying to like? No one cares. I've never <laughs> heard a pilot. I am so great. They're amazing. They do a great job. I travel a million weeks a year. Like, obviously, I need them. But what are what are they trying to accomplish? Like, yeah. no one cares about that info. 
that's, that, is, that is true. There's, man, that is a great, great idea. I'm, I'm in on that. I'm, I'm, I'll be your first investor for sure. Fantastic. That's a, yeah, that's a good point. Like, we don't need to know the cruising altitude at all. Like, that's something that he just needs to talk to, like, someone on the ground about. Right. <laughs> if unless we're going down, if we're not going down, I don't need to know anything. That's the only time I need to hear you. Is like, hey, our wing fell off. Bro, like, this happened. And even fucking... then, I, and even then, I'm gonna know. Like, if the wing, yeah, wing even, off, right, right. Exactly. Everything like, that happens oh, on we're a plane, you can, minutes early. You can it's tell. like, yeah, I know. I have a phone, and it tells me right. when we're getting. I'll in. tell you what. So. That's the worst. There's nothing worse than landing early, and they they're always so braggadocious about it. And they're like, yeah. oh, we got in nine minutes <laughs> early, and then we sit on the fucking tarmac for a half hour. It's like I'd rather be in the sky. Like I don't, I don't want to be where I'm going and not move it. Yeah, they act like they were driving, you know, in an F1 race and like passing planes on the side. It's like, no, like the wind was good. Like, thank yeah, I will say we're a very pro pilot podcast. We had a pilot, we had a pilot commercial airline pilot on. Yeah, like I mean, don't get me wrong. Break. They're amazing. I can never do it. Like they're a little self-grandizing for sure. I think yeah. just in general, you know, they got the they got the whole outfit and the fucking it's hats. Kinda, and you the know, it's kind of the doctor God complex sort of thing. Like, yeah. 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 Well, dude, that happened to us. We were Dave. I've talked about this on this podcast, but we were Dave Portnoy on a little mini private plane. We got all the way up in the air and the fucking pilot came in the back and goes, hey, guys, we lost one of the engines. It's frozen. So, like, we're going to try and do everything we can to, like, thaw it out. But, like, the throttle's frozen solid. And, like, he goes, if we can't, like, we're going to have to, like, slowly float down. (laughs) So, Dave and I look at each other and we're like, are you fucking kidding me? First of all. You telling us that that did nothing but scare the shit out of us because yeah. we have nothing to do from now until we land this plane. We're just sitting there, we're just waiting for something bad to happen. So don't say it ever. Don't ever say anything yeah. ever. Keep your yeah, mouth maybe shut. like on the way out if you really need the praise, be like, oh, by the way. <laughs> yeah, by the way, we thought out the fucking right engine. Exactly. They do have <laughs> in the moment. They do have now on Uber. Like when you call an Uber, they give you the option. Like, do you want a quiet ride? Do you want I talk it ride. I think you do that on a plane and it's a voting system where it's like whoever wins it's a democracy. Now so whoever talking. gets the most votes, if it's a quiet pilot, then it's a quiet pilot. If it's a talkative pilot, you get a talkative pilot. It's it's a voting, it's a democracy. Yeah, I love I mean, we fly so much, we have good status with United because it's a hub in Houston where I live. And like, you know, we can do all our preferences, like, oh, I want a window seat. Oh, I want this meal. And it's like, no, what I want is some fucking peace and quiet. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want. Dude, they will. They'll be like, you know, we're uh, we're coming in on the kind of the eastern side of Albuquerque here, and then we're gonna come. There's a little storm. You're like, what are you talking about? I shut the <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> yeah, maybe like if we're going over the Grand Canyon, that's the only time maybe you should say something. <laughs> that's right. but, <laughs> I like I like how passionate you are about it. That makes me excited. It's just and I I I honestly it bugged me before I had kids, but now it's just like we do so much work to have her fall asleep, and then it's just like and it looks like are you a loyalty guy? You got a certain airline you go with? I mean, I I guess probably not because we fly United pretty strictly just because it's a partner with the tour and and we have a hub in Houston, but I think Delta is probably the best airline. Um I think any airline sucks if you don't have status and if you have really good status, they're great. Um, especially now, like it's well put COVID, like they're all pretty shitty and they don't care. And customer service is pretty low on their priority. Um, so bad right now. It's bad. It's bad spot. Yeah. And my buddy, Lindsay Hughes lost 
they lost all of his bags in Edinburgh for the British or Scottish. And he just found, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. We were sitting at lunch. They just found two of them, but he still got five bags missing. It's like, how is okay. that? Well, it's 2022. Like we can send people Apple over. tags. You got to put Apple tags in. Them. I just, So he told, we found out that story last week. I immediately Amazon four Apple tags. So I got them in my bag. But, I got I mean, them mine too. So I had the same. That's more infuriating though. If you know where your bag is. True. Knocking on the door. It's right there. July 3rd. Last time I saw my bag, July 3rd, flying to, uh, uh, flying to Glasgow. We you went out still there don't food. have your bag. Don't oh, have my bag. Crap, Don't have dude. it. I got a new microphone. I had to get. I got this little tiny oh, fucking microphone. It's purple. Um, yeah, I don't have my bag since then. And I will say the most infuriating thing in the world is all the rear view mirror guys that are like, oh, you shouldn't put Apple tags. And I'm like, why don't you go fuck yourself? What am I going to teleport to fucking Heathrow and put an air tag in my bag? Totally. Like, then it would just tell me that it said Heathrow. I don't, yeah, it doesn't get you your bag. It would just be yeah, worth it. It's so like, you know, the find my iPhone. My wife had her iPhone stolen at a bar in San Jose. And then, you know, the next morning we look at it and it's like in the worst neighborhood in Oakland. We're like, oh, yeah, that's great. We know where it is. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to go there and get it. Like, that doesn't help me. <laughs> Yeah, I will say, dude, I did put them in now, too. And I know you can change your notifications. But now, like, as soon as I check my bag and then I walk like 100 feet away, I just get a notification. It's like you are your golf bag is now like not near you. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. no, I fucking know. I just dropped it off. <laughs> like the pilot got like, yeah, that's right. That's, that's the pilot version of my fucking air tag phone. Dude, that uh, sucks, man. I'm sorry. That's brutal. No, it's a, I'm back in the apartment now. So I got real clothes now. We got new stuff it, coming out. So I'm geared up. It has gotten to the point now where it's funny, at least to me. Probably not to you. But I hope you never get your bag. Taken, it's a it's funny, taken so long. I know that like, you hope I don't ever get my well, bag. Well, it's a funny storyline. If it's like next <laughs> July and you're like, I still haven't gotten my bag. And maybe we have to, we're like, we go to like a trip to Ireland and you're going to stop in Heathrow first to go see if you can get it. That'd be funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't disagree. And I wore the same pair of shorts for a month and a half straight for that reason. It was like out of principle. It's like i'm not gonna and they they string you along like you get texts from these fucking assholes all the time that's like oh your bag's on the next flight to glasgow from heathrow and I, it's been like a month since i've been there and i'm like oh great and they do that every day and then it's just never on that flight it's like and then and then friday they did the thing where my flight was supposed to leave this was delta flight was supposed to leave at five they text me at four. That's like your flight's delayed till seven. Then they text you at six. It's like your flight's delayed till nine. Then they just kept doing that. So you couldn't leave and then you couldn't. And eventually yeah. it just got canceled. So you're like, well, what are we doing here? I spent seven hours in the airport just to go home. I could have been at the bar or Beale Street with fucking Mark Hubbard. Yeah, That's there insane. you go. I mean, airport parties are fun though, so. Yeah. No, it is a good time. Everybody's kind of in it together, you know, and you're yeah, like, everyone's in it together. You can drink at any time. You can wear anything you want. Like it's oh, just yeah. kind of chaos and anarchy and it's international anarchy. waters. Like there's no judgment zone. Like we're yeah. all right. Like nobody's there to impress anybody. We're just okay. trying to get through it. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Um, Speaking of international uh, waters, I watched, I fucking watched that uh, Woodstock documentary. I think I'm like two episodes in. Did you guys watch the Woodstock 99 on Netflix? No. I saw it. I'm going to watch no. it. Holy smokes. They just, there was no rules. Like Limp Biscuit came out and they fucking just got the place going crazy and it turned into pure anarchy. I'm talking like places being lit on fire, people shitting on the floor, people. It was crazy. You have to watch this documentary. It was like the greatest collection of 90s bands to ever come together. 
I mean, you guys are all old. You probably remember fucking Woodstock '99. Oh, I the only right. the only thing I've seen from that is the DMX clips where he's got the place going fucking wild. Well, that's yeah, that's what I thought. I remembered it was DMX. Well, wait like, until you see this. They like they did it on this like old like Air Force hangar, and it like wasn't the old school like grass love is love type Woodstock. It was like. 120 degrees on the pavement no water like at the time waters were like nine dollars a pop in like their mid 90s or late 90s obviously dude it was fucking bad so yeah definitely watch this it's a recommendation you have any um hobbies you have any like hubbard hobbies or anything um i mean fuck i have (laughs) yours but uh yeah i mean that in hubbard hobbies <laughs> yeah any of those things well, i mean you got you got a kid right so it's like probably yeah tough time uh, i'm, a, I'm a big skier i'm from colorado so i mean that's you know if i if i have an off week and it's there's anywhere where there's snow that's where i'm going for sure you anti saying colorado what's that i would say colorado and i ever whenever i talk to people who are from colorado it always i always have to correct no me. i i don't give a shit oregon oregon what you want yeah mm-hmm. oh we're actually. I'm going out to Colorado for uh, Devon Taves's uh, little celebration, his cup party. He's having oh, it. I don't know where he's having it, but yeah. Well, you know what? If you're in town, maybe I'll give you a text, and then we'll see. We'll see if you're there. It's when be is it? September. Okay. All right. Make yeah. That work. I'll, I'll I'll put an apple tag on the cup, and you'll just have to find us. <laughs> you should put an apple tag in there. That'd be incredible. Dude, imagine he like gives. It, first of all, I'm not touching it or doing anything with it because like I'll just get absolutely fucking roast. I'm going for my friend. Like I'm just I'm not even looking at the thing because if someone sees a picture yeah, of me holding right. the cup, yeah, swear to God, right. When swear you're it, caught up in the when you're caught up in the mix, everybody's drinking out of it at the bar. Nope, Frankie's ten beers deep. You're not going to touch the cup, dude. Nope, I won't even come close to it. Really? Why even? Why even go there? Because he's yeah. like, what's the? He's like, I mean, at this he told point me too, that thing is it. so battered. I think they just did like a thirty for thirty on the Avs celebration because it's been so rowdy. There was a there was a week in Denver where they literally drank the city out of alcohol. Like the next <laughs> shipment was Friday, and it was like Thursday night, and bars were just like closing. You know, at eight o'clock because they were just. It out. has nothing to do with me having respect for the cup. It has everything to do with the fact that it's a bad look for like the Islanders. I am I bleed orange and blue. I'm not celebrating with another team's victories, especially okay. a guy that left our team. Well, he got traded, but. He left our team to go win. You the are cup celebrating. You're flying to Colorado. To I am. I am. Well, I've got family out there, so I am. <laughs> I am being there for my friend, and he said, "You wore a turtleneck to my wedding. You owe me this." That's what he told me. So I have to go celebrate for him. There, like I'm celebrating his life and his accomplishments. I'm not celebrating the Colorado so Avalanche. You're so doing a very pack there with that. <laughs> you're doing a very delicate dance life. between celebrating with your friend and not getting a day Fortnite quote tweet. Those are the things you're dancing between. I yeah. watched Grinelli right. celebrate with the fucking like lightning and the blues, and I'll never, ever, ever do that. You will not see me in a picture with the fucking cup. I guarantee that. So, but you're going to a cup celebration. I'm going to a party that the cup happens to be at, which is actually pretty sick. If you think about that, you know what I mean? I'm going to like a, it's basically like a, a baby christening and like the cup's yeah, just going to be there. It's fine. You hate the Islanders. You're giving up on that. No. All right. I'm not going now. I'm not going, going now. I'm going fucking skiing. That's it. I'm not going. It's a little dicey. Oh, I won't even show this up. This has been fun. This is, I enjoyed this. Fun. So what do you got today? You're not doing anything today? You're not hitting balls? Uh, my wife and daughter are getting in at like four thirty, so I'm gonna pick them up. But yeah, I gotta go find my credit card and ID. Um, <laughs> on Beale Street, go to the store and get some stuff. And yeah, it's pretty <laughs> so good, dude. Is it just hot <laughs> as fuck there? It's gotta be hot. Yeah, yeah, and that, I mean that's the thing too. Like 
this week three, we were in uh, Greensboro last week. It was a million degrees, mm-hmm. a lot of sweat and energy loss. Like it's just today's Monday's always kind of a shut it down day. So, so yeah. barbecue tonight or what? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm in on that. Fuck. Yeah. Awesome. All <laughs> right. Mark Hubbard, 83rd, in case you didn't know, in the FedEx Cup <laughs> standings going into the FedEx Cup playoffs. Uh, ace. First ace. Professional ace. Uh, no, that's my second on tour, ninth total, I think fourth in competition. Wow. Nice. It was actually great. I had, I was at eight and four had been sober, four had been drunk. And so that was the, the fifth. So I was five, four. how nice. I needed to play. That was, <laughs> that was huge. So you must be into like uh casual boozy golf with the, with the squad. Yeah, I, I think it's a completely different sport, just fun golf versus what we do. Um, and, you know, there's definitely times where I love the competitive part of it, but I'm, you know, there's times where I just miss the joy of, of playing. Um, and so it's yeah. nice to go out with buddies and just kick it around. Hell yeah. All right, man. Well, look, this was great. We'll do this again for sure. Uh, good luck out there. We'll be rooting for you. And yeah, we appreciate you taking the time. Try to, you know, if you're going to, if you, even if you're going to hit a shitty shot, just act like it's good. So that doesn't happen. I'm putting a star next to your name now on my score app. I've done Same. that for Sam Ryder and Callum Taron. Now nice. you're going to be there. I get up, the, I get all these updates about like Callum just like shooting one over par and like a, like a Thursday. I'm just like, why am Same. I getting these notifications? Now? <laughs> but um, it, it was like Sam Ryder is tied for 72nd. I'm like, I don't even know why that's like a priority on my phone. But you're a part of that now. So don't disappoint me. I want to see All some right, good I, updates. I won't let you down. I'm going to get like, I'm going to get like your golf bag is like lost. <laughs> yeah. And, and oh, yeah. Mark so, Hubbard shot 69. <laughs> that's yeah. Doing. So I have a, I have a, I don't have my name on my bag and I've just been putting like a dry erase board on the front. So if you guys have any requests for what you want written, let me know. Oh, wow. Dude. I mean, let's come up with that right now. Wait, so you, you, (laughs) what else has gone on there? Yeah. Yeah. So I, like I, uh, my bag broke. Um, I was kind of in between contracts with Titleist. So I don't have a bag deal with them anymore. And so I just needed a bag last second. So one of my other sponsors hooked it up, but, it was really last minute because I, I was first alternate in the Travelers and ended up getting in when Brooks went to live. Uh, so I got in super last oh, yeah. minute. They just needed to ship me a bag. So I haven't had my name on my bag since Travelers. So I just bought this like tape uh, whiteboard stuff that you can just kind of like. This is crazy pressure. <laughs> You're like. Yeah, uh, not, you don't like... need it right now. I'm just saying just text me before Thursday. I'll I'll. I'll do whatever wow you're like woody page on around the horn exactly that's it totally what i think of every time i write something <laughs> it's the best part of that show he's such a nut but <laughs> <laughs> look like you just oh, change okay. up every time every day yeah, so la- do you change last- it every day or just for the tournament whatever whatever yeah. last- so last week i had i was thinking about um i i was just gonna do the roman numerals 69 kind of as like a fuck you to live or whatever but then someone was like, oh, you should do wine me, dine me, 69 me. So I had wine me, dine me, and then the Roman numeral 69 me. And then we had these cardboard cutouts of Joel and Harry uh, from the waste management with yeah. their shirts, whatever, off. And so I had those like popping out of the sides. It was pretty awesome. I'll wow. send you a I'll send All you right. a All right. We, we need we, to get this. We, is, we're going to yeah, put our heads together once you get off here. We'll talk about it on the show and then we'll see what we can come up with because we'd have to be able to come up with something really solid. Yeah, I was going to say wine and dine and 69 me with the Roman numeral. That's too that's too good to live up to right now. So we got we need a couple days. 
Yeah, okay, perfect. All right. Awesome. All right, Mark. You're the man. We'll text you. We're going to come up with something good. These brains collaboratively can do something, so we'll try to come up with something good. All right, perfect. Well, thanks for having me, guys. It was fun. Thanks, man. Thanks, dude. See you, man. Appreciate it. All right, we'll see you later. See ya.